guys. What's up? Welcome back to another episode of Liberty Diner Dish. I'm Ken. I'm Michelle. And we're about to jump right into another episode of Queer as Folk. We are. But before we do that, our, <laughs> our delay, the inevitable question today is, do you think Justin has friends from college or any friends outside of the group other than Daphne? Ooh, that is a good one. I would say that Justin does have friends. Not like best friends like Daphne, but he does have friends because Justin is social. He's good looking. He's talented. I mean, when you have talent and things like that and you have a great personality and you're also giving, he's always trying to help someone. You have no choice but for people to flock to you. He's Mm going to attract those people to him, those good vibes. Um, So I would say, yes, Justin is outgoing in his personality. He's talented. He's good looking. He's young and he's fun. And he's a leader. So, yes, yeah. Justin has friends. <laughs> Although they didn't give us any of his friends. They didn't show us any. Right. But, yes, he does have them. What do you think? Yeah, I agree with you. I think because of all of those reasons. But also he volunteers at the GLC, possibly mm-hmm. at the Vic Grassi house. Like He worked at the diner. And he's got a friendly face. Yeah. And so even if he doesn't want people to talk to him, they're going to. Oh, they're, they're <laughs> because, definitely coming. Because he looks like that. Yeah, I definitely think that he has friends outside of the group and despite what he told Ethan like he's not antisocial mm-hmm. um, I think he just didn't like Ethan's friends <laughs> I don't that think was a, anybody yeah, liked Ethan's and that was friends. a difficult time for him emotionally anyway so socializing was probably very draining at that time but um, yeah like he like Darren like we know Darren was yeah. his friend so mm-hmm. I think he he definitely does. We just don't see him because they're right. not part of the yeah, the core group the core or whatever group or the storyline. Yeah, really. yeah. But yeah, he he has a little somebody. You know, he got yeah. some friends out there. You know, my baby ain't lonely. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, he can call somebody when he needs to talk to somebody <laughs> if he needed to. Also, we have not done any shout outs in a while. I think oh. we need somebody like a an executive assistant to help yeah. us remember things. So. We are taking applications and resumes. You can Y'all just let us send know. those over to okay. LibertyDinerDish at gmail.com and we will pay you in emojis. Yes, okay. <laughs> yeah. And heart emojis. How about yeah. that? Heart yeah, emojis. all the heart emojis you all can see. All the stand. colors. The yeah. red, the deep red, the green, the black ones. All, all of all them. All of them, okay. yeah. But anyway, so these are just kind of randomly selected. Uh, some from Instagram and some from Facebook. So Melissa Allison, and I know I'm going to pronounce this incorrectly, but it's spelled J-I-N-G. Yes. And then Julie, also from uh, Facebook. Hey, so. Jing. Hey, Julie. And Allison guys. and Melissa. And Allison and Melissa. <laughs> and I want to give a personal shout out to Tracy with an E. It yes. was so wonderful connecting with you. <laughs> But um, yes, I just want to say nice engaging with you guys, all of you guys. Yeah. So keeping in mind that he does look at Twitter, don't put any spoilers on Twitter. <laughs> I mean, if y'all just no, drop, no. Y'all, be truthful to yourselves. No, drop what you to need to drop. <laughs> be truthful to yourself. No. Okay. <laughs> drop what you need to post. Okay. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so let us do 504. I'm ready. Uh, we start out with Brian and Justin at the loft on a double date. Did, what did you think of this? Baby. Okay, that's my type of double date right okay, there. First, let me just say, we started watching this episode early in the morning, like early for yes. what we usually do. It's pretty early in the morning. And I was holding him. I was like, it's okay. I think this one starts out. You'll like it from the jump. Girl, from the, <laughs> the, the opening credit. I was like, damn, already? Okay, you know, I love a good little party. I was like, oh, is this a dream? But it was real. Okay, you know I like the swinging things, and that's what they was doing, <laughs> swinging some things. And um, it was fun to see them engaging with another couple. I was like, at first I was like, okay, it's a threesome. Like they're getting back back into the Saturday doing their thing, and I was like, 
Wait, there's another one? Like, yeah. hold on. We're in the foursome <laughs> over here? I said, okay, we're we going hard on the fifth season, okay? They, <laughs> they were ready. Going yeah. hard, literally. Okay? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, good opening scene. Loved it. Yeah. Definitely got you the juices flowing. Yeah, I used to have an issue with that scene, but not because they were, like, with another couple. It was some other thing that is stupid. I'll tell you about later. <laughs> but, yeah, I was like, they're just enjoying themselves. Yeah, and <laughs> we, we haven't had a scene like this from them in a while, so mm-hmm. it was good to get back to the basics. That's what it kind of felt because like. Because that is very much a part of their relationship, yeah. too. True, it's a part of them as individuals, but it's a part of their relationship, mm-hmm. too. And, I mean, and oh, like you were saying, it's part of the relationship. It's because sex is a major part. Like, that's what connected them in the first place. So that was, like, their initial glue. Yes, they have become, you know, way yeah, more involved over the years. Yeah, and there were emotions and all that True. stuff. But... but that's something that they can connect with. That's how they can communicate. We already mm-hmm. know that they communicate through touch. So, I mean, having a scene like that and then something that's fun. I mean, Justin's been gone the whole summer. Right. We barely seen them even have, you know, one little piece scene of sex since he's been <laughs> back. We need it. We needed this little run sesh yeah. right here. Like, I needed it. Thank you. <laughs> I don't know about the rest of you guys, but that, that was good for me. Good to see that they are, uh, you know, all things are healthy, healthy. with them. <laughs> healthy. Yeah. Well, as these four men lounge on the bed sharing a joint, uh, one of the bonus guys asks um, how long Brian and Justin have been together. And Justin says four years, as Brian says, four weeks. And I love their faces. In the- yes. <laughs> that, yeah. What I loved about it is from day one, Justin claimed him. So that's oh, yeah. what they're saying. Justin yeah. claimed uh, no. He never, never claimed he didn't. He don't do relationships, but I do. Let me just, um, I'm so the one telling the truth. We've been together years. for four years. Yes. <laughs> and then Brian's four weeks, that's when he got to put the, the the underwear inside the drawer. You know what I'm saying? So until he got to put the, you know, had the, the clothes in the drawer. No, nah, we, we're, we're friends. Okay. We're fuck buddies. Yeah. You know, we're not a, we're not a thing. We're not a couple. But once you, you know, you put your stuff in the, in the drawer. Now we can say that we're dating. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, one guy tells them they need to get their story straight. And Justin's like, it's complicated. Uh, <laughs> so, very. Yeah. But I'm sure Justin, like you said, is counting pretty much from their first night together. And I'm thinking Brian restarted the clock when Justin came back from, yeah. from Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And that kind of goes back to what I was talking about in 501 about object permanence. It was kind of, well, no, that was over because he's not here. But now it's restarted because yep. he's back. And so to Brian, Justin's absence reset their clock. And I think Justin's answer is perfect because it really is complicated. You would have to understand all of Brian's emotional issues and how even though they had a breakup somewhere in there, a part of them was still always together and connected. Yeah, it was too fresh. (laughs) That doesn't count. Yeah, Yeah, Mm -hmm. that, Ian, you know, that doesn't count. And I suppose you could say that Brian is counting from when Justin moved in, like you were saying, and that made things technically official uh, to him. But he has referred to Justin or allowed Justin to be referred to as his boyfriend and mm-hmm. his partner from season from people, two and season yeah, three. Uh-huh. So Emmett, Emmett referred to him as a thing, as a couple Yeah, of well, boyfriend. and then when uh, we meet Hunter in season three, and they're like, hey, Brian has a boyfriend. Yes. He's like, well, mm-hmm. yeah, but right, know, right. in a non-defined, non-traditional way. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I really think it's the reset thing in Brian's mind. Like, he reset that clock. Well, this other couple has been together for 10 years, which impresses Justin He's probably not had a ton of exposure to gay couples who've been together for such a long time. Definitely probably not open relationship Mm -hmm. couples who've been together for that long. But that's probably because he himself is young and his closest gay friends are single or they're in new relationships Mm -hmm. like Michael. And also he lived the majority of his life in straight society. True. Yeah. So he hasn't had a chance to experience or see any of that. Right. But I mean, it's good that he's being introduced to it now, especially a couple that's kind of living the same lifestyle that Brian and he. Yeah. That's um, kind of a model for what they do. Exactly. And it gives them hope. Like there's longevity in this. 
because when you start putting yourself in a box, because that's one thing that Brian and Justin never does. They never put themselves in a box. Like, yeah. we have to be monogamous. We have to do this. We have to do this. There are really no rules for them, except for the rules that they, they laid out. The right. No kissing, the no names, you know, no repeats. Those, those type of little rules. But they were, I feel like they will always make it because they will always, it would always be exciting. It will always be mm-hmm. fresh and they always have something to come back to. I feel like when well, you they'll never limit be limited, you, yeah, limited yeah. or wonder say, what yeah. what could I be doing. You just took the words out of my mouth. <laughs> That's exactly. because we know each other so well. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I'm sure he knows that this can exist, but it's probably really nice to see it yes. in practice and mm-hmm. literally have it there in your bed. And to see yeah. that it still works. Like, I mean, it worked. They laid on top of each other. They, I mean, conversed with each other. I mean, they're holding hands. They're reaching out to each other during this whole thing, even while they are with these other two men. So they are very much in love. Mm -hmm. Yeah, in love and connected. But this is how they enjoy their their relationship. Justin wants to know how they manage that for 10 years. But Brian's not sure he wants to hear that answer. It takes communication, honesty, respect, and a lot of playing with others. Um, A couple that plays together stays together. (laughs) (laughs) Brian has always said that nothing will kill a marriage faster than monogamy. I argue that it depends on the marriage. Uh, It depends on the marriage. Yeah. But like you were saying, they tried that and it didn't didn't work for Mm -hmm. them. Yeah. It led to the lying and sneaking around. And so, yeah, this is better for them. Right. I mean, whatever floats your boat, what works for you. Yeah. Brian says that in these times of gays hurling themselves like lemmings into the sea of matrimony, it's refreshing to see a couple that's... Hung, but not hung (laughs) up. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They want to have another play date with Brian and Justin. And Justin's face is like, ooh, yeah, about that. But after a silent conversation between the two of them, Brian says they have a strict rule not to see anyone twice. But since there are two of them, perhaps an exception could be made. I love how, like, Justin didn't say anything. They kind of just look like, um, I'm going to let you take this. Yeah, you know, like, yeah. If I, if I say it, it'd be doing too much. He can't offer yeah, it. Justin like, cannot offer I it. I can't do it, but you can. So I'm just looking at you. Yeah. You know, like, I'm gonna, you let me know if we can do it, baby, because, I mean, I had fun. Yeah. He's you like, me I know. mean, I'm okay yeah. with it, but I know I can't. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but it's just because of what has happened before, it, yes. happened in the past. Mm-hmm. He knows that's, yeah, he, that's not what he right. can. Yeah. I will also say that I like that Justin kind of let Brian be Brian during this whole thing. And so yeah. as Brian's talking about his philosophy and how he thinks, he's just like, yep, that's that's mm-hmm. Brian. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I'm just going to be quiet. My man doing his thing. And yeah. I mean, I really can't change nothing. I'm standing behind him. Yep. He just smiles at him like, well, there you have it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's who he is. Yeah. But that's what makes him so great. They let each other do their own thing. And yeah. then, then they're supportive of each other as yeah. well. Like That's what really makes them great out of all the couples i mean ben is very supportive i mean well i guess sometimes i'm not that's not a good comparison not a good comparison <laughs> they're very supportive of one another yeah. i will say that that's where i'm just they gonna are, and when they okay? are just like focused on the two of them yes. in that relationship like they're golden exactly yeah. well we see melanie bringing in the mail at, at home and she's received a letter from one of the attorneys and then you look at her face and she seems resigned a little and a little yeah. sad mm-hmm. i think then Lindsay also gets a copy of her letter, and she's very pleased. Mm-hmm. And Michael also has a letter, but he doesn't really seem satisfied. Yes. But officially, according to the state of Pennsylvania, Michael now has a has one-third custody of his daughter. And Michael says he could have had more if Brian hadn't stuck his nose in. And I'm like, it has you, nothing there to were do three with, parents, yes. uh, Michael. It was. There, there were three parents from the rip. You knew this already. Mm-hmm. So stop trying to blame someone. That's one thing that I just... It irritates me about Michael. You always want to point the finger. You want to blame, blame, blame. No. You knew going into it, it was going to be the three of them. What does a divorce, a separation, or or any of it, what does that have to do with, yeah. Has to do with 
the parenting situation. You knew nine months ago with the baby being now. So we'll say a year ago because you know I'm talking about, like you yeah, knew yeah. when y'all were pregnant it was gonna be the three of y'all. You mm-hmm. know I ain't counting the baby being right. nine months, I got but you, you know, like you knew right, that from why, before why are you she even acting? got pregnant. Y'all exactly. knew, you knew what the arrangement you was. You set these these boundaries. You knew this arrangement. Why are you acting any different now? Because they're not married or right. or going through some shit. And just because they're going through it now, how do you know in five, six, seven, eight months from now they didn't have like this epiphany and be like, you know what, we were stupid. Yeah. I'm coming home, and now you're looking dumb. Or how do you know you and Ben won't go <laughs> yeah, through something? Exactly, just, dude. <laughs> Please. <laughs> yeah. you know? And like, is nobody going to address that? And all of his huffing about him being cut out. He has no issue with Lindsay being cut out. Yeah, exactly. Like, none. Makes no sense at all. None at all. Michael is also mad at Brian for convincing Lindsay to fight for custody and for paying for her attorney. And you point out, no, that's not. He didn't convince her he to fight for it. that. She already wanted to. She yeah. just didn't have the means to do it. He was a good friend and said, hey, you can call this person here. If you decide to go with it, yeah. I got your back. But he would have he would have done that for anyone. He would have done it for Michael. He yeah. would have done it for anyone. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, boy, shut the hell up. Lindsay and Melanie literally just helped you and and Ben a few months ago or a year ago with Hunter. Yeah, like, Hunter, yeah. And that was free. That was right. they, they, they did that for free. Stop playing with me. Right. Brian let you, you use his car to run away. To run to away. hide from exactly. Hunter's like, dude, you forget all that they have done for you. Then you bring it back trash. <laughs> yeah. Like, what? <laughs> Yeah. As I digress. For real. Ben tells him that Lindsay is JR's parent too, and it's only fair. But Michael is not too happy about splitting a baby three ways. Like, you didn't have to split this baby at all. (laughs) But anyway, my question is how have we determined that this is the best arrangement for this baby? Like, to be going from one house to the other. Like, how have we determined that? Yeah, I mean, (laughs) it's all three adults. Y'all look stupid as hell. Yeah. And I'm not talking about the court, I'm talking about the parents. The parents. How have y'all determined that that's the best? Arrangement. This baby's gonna be confused. Yeah. She's gonna be tired always. Like, I want one place where I know it's home. Yeah. I mean, Monday I'm over here. Tuesday I'm here. Wednesday I'm over here. You know, Thursday I'm at Debbie's because she wanna see me. Like, and there is no discussion about how this is affecting Gus. I know. Like, I mean, he's got his arrangement himself going on, but then, like, some days is with the baby, some days not with the baby, some days yeah, it's over I, here, some days. It's just like confusing. Yeah. I mean, y'all really messing the kids up. He was so worried about them being with divorced parents. I'm like, this has got to be worse. Yeah. <laughs> Like, ben says as long as JR is loved and cared for, he's sure it will all work out. But she was being loved and cared for. I just want to put that out there, yeah, too. Yeah, she so, was. Mm-hmm. Well, Ben is being a voice of reason in this scene, but I don't really care nothing about him putting that crib together. Uh, I think I just need, like, a mental health break from the Nevada. Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. like, I still love y'all, but Michael has been doing too many Michael things lately in I need a break. And also, you know, Ben be encouraging in that shit. I mean, as a real partner, like, I mean, I know you're supposed to be behind your man, yeah. but also you're supposed to give him some real shit. Yeah. Keep it 100 and truthful. And I just feel like Ben is one of those yes men. Like, what? No. We, do you have those rights? To- yeah. And ben, then, yeah, stop but that now he shit. wants to be all, well, you know, she's the mother. Too. Like, you, okay, yeah. why didn't you do something yeah, of this on the front end? You don't get your wishy washy ass, man. I mean, <laughs> yeah. The wind blow, I'm over here today. Right. Oh, he's so annoying. They have fully renovated this house in like four weeks. And so that is probably the most impressive thing that I've seen on this show. <laughs> I don't even know what company they use to even do something like that because that was a teardown. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> that was a teardown. That was like one citation away from being demolished. For and real. They have fully renovated it in four weeks. I didn't know they were even rich. Like, I mean, they paying like that at the comic book store, Michael? I guess so. Girl, he saved every corn from the big Q for all them years. <laughs> yeah. We see Debbie short order cooking in her own kitchen. 
Her apron says, I keep the best snacks under my apron. Ooh. <laughs> like, ooh, young Deborah. Yes, young Deborah. Okay, <laughs> can we get one of them little dairy cakes? Carl loves that she's home, but he wants her to just sit down and enjoy it with him. Or he's not going to tip her if uh, she doesn't. Mm. <laughs> well, that gets her attention because she was really hoping to get a big one tonight. And Carl tells her that she's going to get more than just a tip. Baby, she's she getting more than a tip, baby. She's getting desserts, full entrees, whole snacks. She's getting everything. Well, you know, this show isn't really about straight relationships. But I do love that the one that they give us, it still has a twist to it. It's yeah. an older couple. I yeah. really like that. It's kind mm-hmm. of a second chance. Thing. It is. And it's like rebirth, new life. Because to see them, like Debbie struggled and worked her whole life. She never had free time. She never really got to really be herself. Yeah. And like we discussed on our last episode, um, she probably like really never had a man to actually like just love on her the way that she really truly needed to be loved, right? So, and then when we met Carl, he seemed sad and he was mean and a little angry and down and his life was like halfway over. He was just living for yeah, retirement at that point. Exactly. And now look at the light in his eyes and Debbie all happy. They act like little teenagers, they're yeah. kids, you know, so to see that love blossom and to see their spirits, that, that flame reignite. I mean, it is, I love their energy. They have yeah. really, really bomb energy together. Yeah. He does check in to make sure she's not bored being at home all day. And Debbie tells him that she is happy to finally have her life all to herself. She's going to spend the day buying pajamas. Because he keeps stealing hers. Yeah. Okay, he wants that birthday <laughs> suit. Okay. Okay, now I'm not going to let you sing, uh, so let's uh, move on now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Over at Kinetic, uh, Ted is still going with the bleach blonde, I see. He comes to Brian's office to bring the files Brian requested. And Ted is very ahead on his work. And that was intentional because he needs to take a little time off. He's having a little procedure. Brian wants to know what all he's having done. Oh, so, you know, nothing major, just a brow lift, something with the upper and lower <laughs> eyelids, some some contouring, liposuction, just a few little tweaks. Yes, you know, <laughs> they're gonna take the look, they're gonna take the chin for free. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> they're gonna throw that in. Yeah, you know? yeah, you know, well, after we suck all this for the 120,000 grand, uh, 120,000 grand, yeah, 120 grand, uh, <laughs> We'll, we'll throw the throat in, baby. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. you got about three to four chins. We got you. We're going to take at least two of yeah, those Yeah, we got them. Yeah. You know. <laughs> uh, Brian laments about the way gay men are obsessed with youth and beauty. And the entire subculture convinced that the meaning of happiness is no love handles. Um, he says, how pathetic, how tragic, how profitable. <laughs> like, oh, Brian, you are not the person I to know, be. <laughs> do not lecture anyone, <laughs> To be baby. giving this speech. You um, literally almost chose death. Ted accuses Brian of mocking his endeavors at self, self-improvement. Not all of us can be Brian Kinney. Some of us have to work twice as hard to look half as good. <laughs> Brian tells Theodore that he, that he doesn't mean to impugn his noble efforts. He just thinks he's making a big mistake not getting the penile enlargement. <laughs> Brian, a mess. Yeah, I think that was Brian's speak for, I think you're wasting your time and money, but nothing I say is going to change your mind. Mm-hmm. Like, you think you need this, so I know you're going to do it. Just putting it out there. I don't think it will accomplish what you think it will, Bats. but if you need it, then you do it. That's exactly what he was saying. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Brian is like, I mean, be happy, be content with who you are and yourself. Be confident mm-hmm. in who you are. And, and I realized that, too, like— Growing, and me personal, personal story, I've always wanted, I needed like, I needed the best shoes, I need the best clothes, I gotta have the best haircut. And then when I stopped, the, and, but I never got anywhere with that. That was just me wasting money, right. me trying to impress people in the wrong type of way, you know, and probably the wrong people too, I need to be trying to impress. Right, when there are people who care about yeah. that, they don't care about you. And when I stopped, I mean, although I still love me a good outfit, don't get me oh, wrong. Yeah. Oh, he Okay, does. like, don't get me wrong. <laughs> but when I stopped actually caring though, like when I didn't care anymore, 
I felt happier about myself. I am content, but I mean, I'm not upset. I'm not disappointed. Like I'm, life is still going to go. I, I feel like I'm the happiest I've ever been. I stopped worrying about what others have to say about me. And once Teddy reaches that spot, then I feel like he, you know, he could actually act, be the best Theodore that the world, right. that Liberty Avenue could ever experience. Yeah, he can be the best homosexual he can be. Yeah, and that when part. When he yeah. embraces himself. Yeah. But it starts with that. And my thing is, and like Brian says, but if there's something that you have to do, right. I mean, then, then go ahead and do it for you. If it's something that you need, that's a must for you. Because I really want Teddy to be the best Teddy ever. Mm-hmm. I mean, Ted has just been through so much. Yes. And since we met him, he's never been content with who he is. So this, if you have enough time and you're finally going to go, because we never see him make direct decisions either. Yeah. So the fact that he just made this decision like, hey, I'm going to set this appointment. Hey, I'm going to go through with it. I did all my work. I got time. I mean, go for it, baby. Make yourself happy. Do what you need to do. But to me, Ted, you look great already. <laughs> I agree with, with all of that. With I agree with, with all belly. of that. Oh yeah, you do you know like I a little. little. You know I got like, like I ain't, I'm not a chaser, chaser, but you know if you got a, a little, little you got a little some on your little thickums. You know I'm here. Yeah. Justin is at Melanie's house, uh, hanging out with Jr. He wants to take her home. You know if he did, Brian would be like, uh, uh-uh, uh, put that back. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah. I have one, and he's For not real. here. You see, he ain't here. It's like, oh, I'll take that right back. <laughs> yeah. Um, Melanie says, why not? Everybody else is. Like, oh, Melanie. Lord have mercy. Mm-hmm. I was like, the shots, bro. She's- yeah. Lindsay comes in, and she seems a little bothered that Justin stopped by to see Melanie, but hasn't spoken to her since he got back from L.A. And he says, well, I didn't have your new number. And she's like, well, I'm sure Brian could have given it to you. I was like, ooh. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. getting cold in here. And, okay. You know, maybe I could have gotten your number from Brian. But one, I don't know what to say to you because this is all awkward. Yeah. And two, my phone works both ways. You could have called me. That part. You knew I was back. <laughs> Besides, Justin has had stuff going on. I mean, he's been trying to get back reunited with his man. He had to help get Babylon back together yeah. because Brian is stubborn enough to go broke behind that. <laughs> and... And he's trying to find himself again. Mm-hmm. Like, ain't nobody got time for you and your haircut. Like, like. yeah, that part. Okay. <laughs> so. And then why? I'm not trying to get in this added drama. And plus, I don't think I want to see Melanie. You know, like, <laughs> I don't want to see. Like, I see how she just created Joe ass. Justin came to see the baby. Yeah. That's where the baby was at. Exactly. So that's really what, that's why he was there. That but uh, yeah, I think Lindsay just assumes everyone is taking sides. And she's automatically getting defensive because... They've kind of moved the friendship stuff in this direction with Michael getting an attorney and then her having to get one and mm-hmm. then her attorney just shredding, you know, yeah. uh, Michael and Melanie. So that's kind of where those three are. And I think she's just kind of preemptively thinking maybe everybody's doing right. doing that. Everybody's kind of taking up arms. So I think that's why she's attacking and defending without provocation. True. In this situation. And then people just get nervous during breakups. I mean, you know, friend groups kind of like split. She doesn't know her place anymore. Mm-hmm. And also she probably, she doesn't know if she's being judged. I mean, she is the one who'd had the affair. Exactly. Who actually, you know, kind of split the group up. And then, I mean, really, if, if you think about it, if you didn't have the affair, you would have never been separated. Right. It would have never been any fights about the baby. It would have never been any custody battles. So, but, yeah. I mean, so even though Michael started the legal side of it, really, this is kind of trickled down from, from your, Lindsay's yeah. affair. You could say it's because Melanie couldn't get over it. It's like, no, you can't force somebody to get over yeah. something. And you can't put a time limit on when she has to get over it. You right. were trying to tell her, get over it, get over it. Because she was treating you mean. Yes, she was treating you mean. But at the same time, I mean, she had a right to be upset and angry. Yeah. Then justify her actions. Yeah. But the the reason behind those actions right. was valid. Exactly. Yeah. So. Mm. So stop trying to play all, you know what I'm saying, um, the victim. Yeah. Over yeah here, you're Lindsay. not the victim. You're not the victim. <laughs> if there's a victim at all, it ain't you. No. For sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's possible that she assumed Justin would pick her side because. Justin. I mean, because of Brian. Because of Brian and because of the art thing that they have in common and. That kind of thing. But 
that's not really what I even I forgot that he asked them were they going to choose a side and things and they're like no nah, we're going to be neutral why wouldn't they think they should know Justin's heart by now why yeah. wouldn't they think he would stay neutral do the same thing like, but I think it's different when it's you in the situation mm. like because what you were saying because Lindsay was really the one who kind of struck the match on this whole right. deal then you would think okay but they fell apart because they had some different even if I don't think really all the friend group really understood why that relationship right. fell apart in season two, but they knew it wasn't anything like, well, actually he did cheat. So Yeah, he did. I mean <laughs> so, so I'll take that back. But it's different when it's you. Yeah. I think. True. You just assume everybody's judging you. Mm-hmm. Is what because uh, Melanie is definitely judging her. Right. Michael is judging her. Right. And you just kind of assume she's just in her head right yeah, now. Yeah, she's in her head. And mm-hmm. so I think that's what it is. She's assuming. Mm-hmm. Assuming a lot. Either way, she needs to get that shade away from my sunshine. (laughs) That part, okay. Yeah, for real. (laughs) Yeah. But Justin, gentleman that he is, lets her have that dig for free. He doesn't get back at her. And he changes the subject by asking about Gus. He is growing and learning to read. Told (laughs) y'all. That boy was big. (laughs) Yeah. But Justin said they were together for four years. So I'm like, okay, they got together the night Gus was born. So it has to be. Look, Brian had a genius then. Okay. (laughs) He had a tall genius. Yeah. Period. (laughs) Because Gus is definitely like an eight-year-old. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> he and speaks a four-year-old. too well. Yeah. You can hear him in the back. I don't want to go. Yeah. You know, like, I, I, he, no, no, goo goo, gaga, no, no, nothing. Like, yeah. that, this boy is putting sentences together. Big ones, good ones. Y'all need to go ahead and put this boy, y'all were trying to get him in pre-K. Go ahead and put, skip him up to second grade. He's yeah. gifted and talented. <laughs> uh, Justin says he go away for a few months and then everything changes. And Melanie couldn't agree more. Then Melanie and Lindsay have a they have a whole cat fight in front of Justin while he's holding this cute baby. He tries to leave, but Melanie is like, "We having tea." Yes, now you are, <laughs> sit your ass down. Yeah. You're not going anywhere. I'm having this tea. Yeah. She was, I mean, like, baby girl, <laughs> you're gonna be alone. You turned into the Exorcist in zero point two seconds. Yeah. Now like, he knows why Brian didn't want to come with him when he said he was going to see the baby. Yeah. Like, Lord. Yeah. I mean, that got scary for a minute. Mm-hmm. And then she's snatching things. Like, yeah. I mean, why Lindsay. You... Lindsay tries to go grab the tea, but Melanie has to remind her that she does not live there anymore. Just like she. Had to remind her that she needs to ring the bell yeah. and not just walk in. Like, I need a knock or something first. Okay, like yeah. you don't just bust through my door. But she's like, but you never listen. And because of that, they're having to pass the baby around, you know, like over to and hand her over to a complete stranger. It's like, okay, girl, Michael, that's not a stranger. Michael is acting strange, but you know he's not a yes, stranger. That part. <laughs> yeah. Acting strange and strangers are different. Though. Yeah, it's like, a difference. Lindsay calls her out and she says, "This isn't about the baby at all. This is about you not having your way." Not having complete control over everything. Well, tough. <laughs> you don't, so get used to it. Yep. What did you think about that? I love that scene. I did because it really put things in perspective. As in, Melanie is a control freak. She's the one who's always done everything. And she didn't want to listen when she was pregnant about taking the, the leave and, and be, being off her feet with the baby. She didn't want to listen when um, the, the case with her, the, the lesbian couple, the, the custody battle. She didn't, really, she didn't want to let go and listen with that. I was glad Lindsay checked her ass. She needed to hear that. Like, it's not about the baby at this point. Because if it was, then you should be happy that all parties are good. You know she's going to be in a safe environment. You're trying to treat Michael like he's a stranger. You're treating me like you didn't even know me for the last 10 years. And um, it's all about control. So, I mean, I love that she said that. Like, fuck it. Tough on you. (laughs) Deal with it. Because I'm here and I'm not going anywhere. And I got the paper to prove it. Yeah. I feel like that is a factor. I think it started out with this is my child and you're trying to take my child from me. I definitely think it started out with that. And I do think that's still a very big part of it. But the other thing is that Melanie will not get out of her own way because she's so stubborn. It's like 
Melanie, if you would have said, hey, Michael, Lindsay and I are clearly just trying to figure out what our arrangement is right now. We can talk about incorporating you into this, but can you give us a little bit of time to just kind of figure out what, what we got going on? And then when when she was talking to Lindsay in the last episode, she could have told her, I know that you might not want to trust me and take my word on this, but if she would have just approached it right, different, but she was just yeah. like, I am the mother. And so I am going to set the terms. And I think if she wasn't doing that, I would be able to have a little bit more sympathy for yeah. her. Now, I, I will I do think it's because she feels like they're trying to take her child and she's being a very protective mother. I will say that. that no one is taking her child. Saying someone is taking your child is like CPS coming in and snatching yeah. your baby. Yeah, well, I mean. Saying I someone guess, is taking your child is like somebody that you don't know yeah. is coming to take your This is your wife. Y'all are still married. This is your wife. Yeah. And this is a friend of yours, a person who thought y'all were so close enough that he could throw you well, a fucking anniversary. Well, and you picked anniversary. this person. Yeah, Lindsay and you, didn't pick him. Melanie picked thank him. Thank you. And you chose him. Mm-hmm. Stop saying, oh, you're trying to take my child. No, because they took two to tango anyway. It's not just yours. Well, I actually took three of them Well, yeah, tango exactly. Because. There it is. Took three to tango, okay? <laughs> yeah. I already know what we call it. We're going to square dance now or something. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't think that's the whole thing, but I do think that is definitely an element because that's part of Melanie's personality. Right. You can't deny that. She is very stubborn. Right. And it's like if you could just give a little or compromise. She's like Brian in that sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like if you could give a little or compromise a little, things wouldn't have to go as far as they go. I always said if you go back to season one or two, I can't remember when I said it. I said they're similar. Yeah, they're yeah. very similar. Mm-hmm. And I think that's probably why they don't get along. Right. That's what I said. <laughs> I think they're too much alike. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're alphas, both of them. Mm-hmm. Brian has grown a lot in yeah. that area. But Melanie, <laughs> we see she, well, even if she did grow, she's regressing uh-huh. uh, a bit here. Okay, I have another, I have a question for you. Do you think that Justin continued to babysit Gus past season one? No. Um, I think he would have babysat Gus, but he had a lot going on. We know what happened when in season two. Season two, you know, he got recovering, trying to find out who he is, so he don't even know who he is. And then at the end of that, boom, Ethan. So he's out of the picture. Boom, he's not He's not there. I don't think he would probably even feel comfortable babysitting Brian's child, knowing that, because he didn't want to be around the group anymore when the whole Ethan thing happened. And then when he came back, you know, he had the pink posse. And all, wait, yeah, yeah. When he came well, back. Well, yeah, Stockwell. Yeah, then. Stockwell, yeah. So they were dealing with all that, you know. And then Brian was going through all his stuff with the Stockwell stuff, trying to please, you know, the gay people, um, you know, Liberty Avenue, and also keep his job. And then he had to realize that, you know, he had to break away. And then him and Justin started doing their thing. So I don't think it was really any time. And then Justin was getting kicked out of school, going to school, getting kicked out of school a lot, you know, yeah. working on Rage. I think that he will. He has no issues. Like, he loves the baby for sure. But there's he's he's been busy. Like, I mean, he's been right. getting his life together. Yeah. I think that he continues to be available for it, but yeah. I don't think that he gets to do it that often because, like you were saying, he just doesn't really have that much free time anymore. And he doesn't really have a need to, try to do it to impress Brian right. anymore. Mm-hmm. And so I think he'll always love Gus as Brian's son and he was there the night Gus was born. And he named well, yeah, he helped, the name. Yeah, he helped name him. Mm-hmm. And so he's... Gus will always have a special place in his heart. So I think he was available for it, but I don't think he could do it that often just with, right. with all of life going on. Yeah. Is Gus's name Gus or Gustavo? Just Gus, I believe. Gus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Gus and Jenny Rebecca. Jenny, these names, girl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how do you, you, how are you born? They just want 80? their kids to yes. be bullied. <laughs> I know. Real Gus. <laughs> yeah. But at the time, the other option was Abraham, so. Oh, absolutely not. Yeah. <laughs> so Gus it is. Uh, so then we see Ben providing some parental support at Hunter's swim practice. I'm glad that Hunter is getting more involved in stuff and mm-hmm. enjoying his life and enjoying being a teenager and a high schooler. 
He's on the team. He's got friends, and he seems he seems popular as hell. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're like laughing and joking with him. Yeah, so they like him. Uh, Callie is also on the swim team, and I can't remember how I feel about Callie, to be honest. Girl, like, I don't either. When I saw her walk up, I was like, oh, you're back. Yeah, because I have to think about where we left off with her, mm-hmm. and I think she walked off on Hunter and she left did. him standing in the, in the hallway. In the hallway, she did. Yeah, because she couldn't stop picturing him with those uh, with the guy, men, yeah, yeah. And, which, okay, fine, but I don't know how I feel about you. So, just ridiculous. We're so. probably like still on speaking terms, but just barely. Yeah. Like, I'm going to give her one word responses and I'm going to leave her messages on red. And you can see Hunter uh, Hunter feels a little awkward like in that exchange with her yeah. anyway. He's like happy to of see her. Of course he still likes yeah. her, but yeah. But it was like, do we say anything? Like, because the ball's in her court. Exactly. So I don't know. Like I'm the jury is out as well. Yeah, I know. Her. Like I don't know. <laughs> yeah, we gonna let that simmer for a I'm while. I'm not gonna just you know cut you out all the way. Yeah, but but I might cut you. Yeah, but I ain't gonna cut you out just yet. <laughs> you know. So Emmett and Ted are at the diner, and Ted's telling him about his upcoming procedures. He's sure that Emmett thinks it's a foolish exercise in vanity, but Emmett's actually inspired by it. He can use it for his next segment uh, of Queer Guy. He will follow Ted's entire surgery chronicle every snip and clip and then he will bring him on his show for the big reveal but the look on ted's face that says that uh, that's a no-go yeah. so uh looks like it's gonna be the avocado night repair cream uh, for the next segment instead yeah. uh ted wants him to promise that he will still love him no matter how he comes out and as if he has to ask emmett never loved him for his looks to begin with not because they are lacking but if this is what ted wants emmett is behind him which Ted is getting that done, too. <laughs> uh, exactly. <Yeah. laughs> um, Lord have mercy. Yeah, Emmett was in this position before when he was trying to get a BBL, and so but I think he, he the, gets it. He okay. ultimately changed Why his did mind. He but, get, no, but he gave the money, the BBL money. What did he do with that money? He used the money to pay for to help pay for uh, Melanie and Lindsay's wedding. Oh, he did. Mm-hmm. Yep. I was like, yeah, why he didn't get that? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. He would have had him on those BBLs. Yeah. <laughs> But to be honest, like we actually get a little. Um, oh, that's skipping the scene. But okay. let me just tell you, Ted got a nice little booty on him though. Like he got some, he got some meat back there. Yeah, I said he may be eating some yeah, cornbread. Yeah, he not pancaking. No, he ain't pancaking. <laughs> yeah. He eat some collard greens, some cornbread. He was yeah. sopping some shit up. Yeah. But um, let's get back into it. Debbie pops in to see how things are going at the diner, and Ted says that it's going great. Uh, but he tones it down because it looks like Debbie does not love hearing that the machine is still running without her. I like, know. She tries to hide it, though. Like, since retiring, her and Carl have been getting a lot of exercise, much to Emmett's chagrin, because apparently the sound travels all the way to his room. Well, Debbie bought herself a new warm-up suit. It looks um like some pretty complicated lingerie. Very poor, a girl, very, I was like, how is she going to get her ass in this? <laughs> I'm here. I'm glad to see that. Um, let me find out that Carl and, and and Debbie over here showing out, making movies and shit. I mean, <laughs> if it's traveling down to Emma's room, Debbie over there putting on a performance. Okay, yeah. she over there giving the Academy Award performance, but she's she ready too. Yeah, she is red tea. Yeah, Loretta comes over and she's a natural. She's got her vest on and a good start on her button collection. But she's the new <laughs> Debbie, basically. She's got the walk and the talk and. Ted says if he didn't know any better, he would think she was Debbie. That's not the best thing to say. Yeah, because she might be doing a little too good. Yeah. Like It's hard to come back and see someone doing what you might have thought only you could do. Mm-hmm. And even though it's not 
even though it's a good thing that the diner is fall- is not falling apart without her, I'm sure that's got to sting a little. Like, you want them to at least suffer for a little Just while. Just a little bit, you know. So they'd be like, girl, we miss you. Come <laughs> yeah, back. Yeah, you want her to be, like, dropping plates. Or yes. Like, it's okay. Don't worry about it. It gets better in time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Lord, she's a mess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, like, oh, they really need me up yeah. in here. But I mean, I may consider coming back, but you know, Carl just wouldn't let me. (laughs) (laughs) I wish I could. I just really, really wish I could. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, I think that Debbie's not having the response to that that she thought she would. Michael was very excited to hear about Hunter's rehearsal when uh, Ben and uh, Hunter come into Red Cape to tell him about it. But he remains practice. And the practice was great. And Michael is looking forward to his performance, which I think we would actually call a meet. (laughs) (laughs) Well, clearly swimming is not Michael's. Thing, but it's Sports, hunters. period. Yeah, okay. yeah. Brian comes in wanting to hang a poster in Michael's shop. It's for Hard Heroes Night at Babylon. It promises to be every superhero fantasy Michael ever had come true. And you can practically see Michael salivating at the thought of this. Mm-hmm. But uh, he's not sure the poster is appropriate for his younger clientele. That's him just being petty. It is. Yeah. And Brian says, well, if they're drooling over the bulging biceps and other things on this poster, then they're probably already going to be gay anyway. That part. Yeah. So let me hang this shit up and shut up. Yeah. You know, in present day, there's all this conversation about exposure and indoctrination. And I kind of want to apply Brian's rationale, like, we're not going to make them gay by showing them a poster. Right. Like, they probably already were before they saw it. That part. We're just <laughs> helping them live their best life. Yeah, we're just showing them, hey, other people are too, and mm-hmm. that's okay. Well, in that case, Michael doesn't see any harm in posting it. I think it's really that he wants to just stare at it. True. Uh, but Brian expects to see Michael there, but Michael tells him that between work and fixing up the house, they go to bed pretty early. And Brian's like, but it's superheroes, Mikey. And, uh, you know, I think it's I think it's the nickname, the friendly affection, like him standing all close to him, the mental image of Superman on Superman action. Like that breaks Michael down. Although you can tell he really wants to stay mad at Brian. Yes, he wants to be mad. But yeah. there's no reason to be mad, Michael. No. Let it go. He's let it go. He didn't yeah. take it as like, I'm on Lindsay's side. I'm not talking to you. And so... Yeah, it's yeah. not, he's like, this is still, this does not have to be an issue between us. Not just the custody thing, but even you being married and wanting to do the domestic life, that doesn't have to be a thing unless you're going to make it a thing. Exactly. He decides to make Brian a deal. He'll come check out Brian's new place if Brian will come check out his. It's very like, you show me yours, I'll show you mine. Oh, I like that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Michael and Ben are having their new neighbors over for dinner tomorrow, so he invites Brian and Justin to join them. I don't think that's really what Brian had in mind about coming over to see their place, but these are Michael's terms, and he wants to kind of get things back right with his friends, so he offers to bring a bottle. Um, Michael would prefer red, but Brian meant poppers. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I guess I can understand the whole I'll step, in, step into your world if you step into mine thing, but I also feel like this is your friend's new business, and why wouldn't you come and support, support. one night? Exactly, because, I mean, he always supports you. Yeah. So like, You don't have to stay there long, like, and let's not act like Babylon was in your world a True. month ago. True. So. And, um, you, and you're kind of like not forcing him because, I mean, yeah, I mean, he's a grown man. He but you are, because but you yeah. know that he wants to, he's trying to 
get back right with right. you as a friend. Make this I mean, not right. that he was wrong, but he, yeah, he's trying get to, back to the basics. fix the friendship. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I feel like, mm, I just kind of feel like this is not the way to go about trying to get Brian on board with something. I mean, it's not. And also, you already know that your new neighbors is not his mm-hmm. cup of tea. Like, yeah, and he does not like when you force his hand. Yeah. Um, and he doesn't like when you make a big deal out of him doing something that's out of his norm either. And I just, I fully believe that he would have gone over to Michael's house on his own at some point. But I think putting conditions on things is not the way to go. I just I was like, mm, yeah, it's not. I not feel like this was look. a good idea, Michael. Yeah, not at all. Yeah, I didn't like that. That you was like, well, if you come to my house, I'll come. I'll come to the club. Like that's just dumb to me. Yeah, that's like, dumb that's, to me too. That's two. Oh, that's two different things. Mm-hmm. You know, one is a business. You're supporting a friend. You help. You already know yeah, that it's not going well. You're gonna enjoy it. Yeah. Like, yeah, you stay as long as you enjoy it. If you only enjoy it for twenty minutes, like, okay, leave. That's fine. Whatever. Exactly. But I mean, just show face for me. Mm-hmm. You know. But forcing me to come to your house for a dinner party where you already described these people. I mean, like he hasn't met them yet. But from what? But if Michael, they're anything like the way you've been acting lately, yeah, you already you know, know that's not gonna be his yeah. cup of tea. Like you already know. You know your friend. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if Michael knows Brian half as much as he says he does. Surely he can see that Brian is doing this to get back in his good graces. He hasn't apologized because, again, he doesn't have anything to apologize for. But he is obviously trying to fix their relationship. Like, the superhero thing has always been an olive branch in their friendship. When Brian did that surprise birthday party, he had Captain Astro come. And he gave him that super expensive comic book uh, as a goodbye gift when he thought their friendship was going to be over, Mm -hmm. possibly for good. He encouraged him and helped him buy the comic book shop. Yeah. Um, and then you remember when Michael got back from Portland and he was all mad because Brian was busy helping Justin recover and was spending time yeah. with him. Mm-hmm. Well, Brian showed up to the comic convention thing yep. with him. Comic-Con. And so that was him extending an olive branch. Wait, but did Brian show up or did Brian have sex with that cop in that car? Well, remember, he did show up. See, the first time he went with the cop, but then after he helped Justin walk down the street and Justin was like, hey— you have a friend who wants to spend oh, time with yes. you. I'm okay. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Go. Oh, yeah. He let him go. Yeah. Yeah. Right, and so right. he shows up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Got him. Yeah. Now, again, with that, Brian did not ask you to buy him a ticket to that, but he showed up for yeah, his friend. He did. Because he didn't, he didn't <laughs> want the ticket at all. Yes. That was your thing. But he went there for you because y'all are friends. And he wanted to make sure that you knew that. So, in my opinion, this, this hard hero's night, the whole theme is about him extending an olive branch. Mm-hmm. To Michael and Michael pretty much says, "Okay, but on my terms." Right. <laughs> yeah, and also it was um, you know a little nod to them about rage. Asking, I mean, the poster is basically rage and rage. Zephyr. Yeah, exactly. It's not even rage and JT. It's rage and Zephyr. So yeah. come on, man, come on, get it together. Yeah, uh, I had someone ask if they thought Michael was turning into a prude, and that's why he initially refused to hang the poster. And that could be part of it. But I think Michael is remembering what Lindsay's attorney said and how he described his lifestyle. And you know, he commented on him with the recreational drug use and go, going to places where gratuitous sex right. happens, mm-hmm. like gay sex at that. And so I think that's probably still in the back of his mind. True. But also, this was just he was mad at Brian and yeah, True. wanted Brian to know he was mad at him. I think it's about um, being mad at Brian. But also, I'm not going to fault Michael for wanting to change. When you have yeah. kids, I mean— your life changes, and right. you have to have it changed so you can give the right— It's no know, different than putting locks on your cabinet so yeah, they can't get into something exactly. dangerous. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm not knocking—I'm not knocking that he, he's evolving, but the fact you can't just cut your best friend out. I don't right. like the treatment that you're giving. I don't like the know? judgment yes, that you're doing. Yes. You can say, like, hey, we can, I can't really do that anymore because now that we got this situation going on, I really have to be careful with my right. image. And so I totally get that, but it's just you're being 
judgmental about yeah, it. Yeah. Like, damn, no one communicates anymore? No, like, no, mean, not at all. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Another question. Do you think Brian will outsource the artwork for the Babylon posters and campaigns to Justin? Um, Probably. I mean, I would if he was smart, huh? which he is. He's a very smart individual. Yeah, I, I believe so. And also, even if he didn't, like you just, um, like you said last episode, he would be working on something or having a vision and Justin is boom, 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 done. You mean something like this? Yeah. I mean, it, it, it would happen. Like, yeah, yeah, it would definitely, definitely happen. I believe so, too. Like, he, he knows that he has to let Justin offer it, though. He can't just approach Justin with right. it. <laughs> um, so he'll have, kind of have to backdoor him to talk him into it. But I think Kinetic is very busy, and I don't know that he wants to devote time and staff to Babylon projects, especially when Justin can do it. And I don't mm-hmm. think Justin's going to let anyone else draw rage right now. That's probably how this poster came to be. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, he's like, no, this is my yeah. character that mm-hmm. I draw. And no one else owns the rights anyway. So That's it's true. like, you can't draw that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's true. And, and not, not use it for a prob- um, like promotion. Yeah. Like, so so I'm uh, coins about that. Yeah, I definitely think that he's making some little side income doing the. Well, I mean, yeah, he was about to say, I mean, I know you're laying in that same bed, baby, but he needs to be cutting you a separate check. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, because you're trying to find out what you want to do in life, and it takes money. For real. Make so. it out to Justin Taylor. Yes, thank you. <laughs> yeah. A.K.A. loving boyfriend and yes. talented artist. And sunshine. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we see Justin over at the gallery showing Lindsay the pieces he made for his final school project, the ones that Brian was looking at last episode. Mm-hmm. And she is considering Justin for the emerging artist show that they have coming up. Justin doesn't want any favors, though. He only wants it if he deserves it. And Lindsay says it's not taking advantage if the work is good and provided they are still friends and he doesn't see why they wouldn't be. And she says that oftentimes after a couple separates, friends gravitate toward one side or the other. And this is what we were talking about earlier. She Mm -hmm. was kind of anticipating this, even if it's not something that she would do. She was just kind of thinking, you know, other people would do it. And she says she wouldn't be surprised or hurt if he decided to gravitate towards male. And I'm like, you are a bold face lie. <laughs> yeah, you are a bold face yeah. lie. But also, what makes you think that he would? I mean, to me, I never, I always felt a little coldness for male. Why would you think he would gravitate to her? And then since you and Brian already have a relationship. Well, yeah, Melanie has always liked him. But she when, still was cold. At, at, yeah, at first she was because she was cold about anything that had right. to do with Brian. And then that first night, it's like, okay, here's this kid, and he's just mm-hmm. here for one night. That was Brian's pattern, you know, kind of we see him, and then we never see him again. But I don't think he would choose Melanie because Melanie has an issue with Brian, and it's like, that's just unnecessary tension and drama that I don't need. Yeah, so, exactly. I'm like, girl, get out your head. Yeah, but she does admit that she's a bold-faced lie. <laughs> she says, <laughs> but it doesn't matter because <laughs> Justin would never um, even think to pick a side. It's always been Mel and Lynn's, like, since mm-hmm. he met them, that's what it, that's what it's been. They were, and he says they were always there for him, and he loves them both. And Lindsay says there's still one thing that she and Melanie agree on is that they feel the same way about Justin. She's just sorry he had to witness their performance, but Justin tells her that he and Brian have had a couple Academy winners yeah. themselves, <laughs> and I believe that they can both be drama queens, mm-hmm. and they are stubborn as all get out. But I'm not gonna say they. It always starts with the one. <laughs> And then, I mean, Brian is the one who come in with the theatrics he, for the most yeah. part. He makes it seem like Justin is the issue, but really, dude? It's him. You. Yeah. Okay. We just love your ass, so we let you make it. Right. But I really don't think that they fight that often. No. The, I they, mean, they, they like bicker or banter or right. whatever, and they might like, the way they communicate can be very direct when, when they're talking to each other sometimes, but I really don't think they fight that often. No, and I think that's because they communicate, though. 
And they also there. And, and I understand yeah, each they, other. I was too. just going there. They understand each other. So and they're there to support each other. Mm-hmm. A lot of couples get jealous of of one another. We saw with that with Michael and Ben. Mm-hmm. Um, how Ben was a little jealous of Michael's success. So right, th- they're yeah, never, they, yeah. That's the key thing: not yeah. being jealous of the other person and trusting each other, mm-hmm. and then knowing I can only push you so far, and you're only going to change so right, much on right. things. But not seeing that as a problem, but accepting that like this is this is who they are and. I ain't gonna change that part of them. So, <laughs> but yeah, they, they they had some good fights though. Yeah. I'll never forget when Brian threw him out of that um out of the loft and right. threw the CDs too. I was like, wow. Was yeah. it like the drawings or CDs? It was a DVD. DVDs, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. I couldn't couldn't believe, <laughs> yeah. couldn't believe it. My heart was broken on that moment. Yeah, though. I know. Justin asks if there's any chance they could get back together. Melanie and Lindsay could get back together, and Lindsay says she was hopeful at first, but now she guesses you would call that magical thinking. Well, especially after you let your attorney go nuclear on her. <laughs> nuclear, baby. She dropped bombs. I yeah. said, oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, but Justin says you never know. And Lindsay notices that same exuberance and optimism in his art. How much do you think Justin knew about what was going on while he was in Hollywood? Um, I don't think no one's really even telling him anything like that. So they were not trying to mess up his train of thought. People wanted to get this, um, you know, Michael wanted to get this This. Well, nobody made. knew. Oh, yeah, no yeah. one knew. Yeah, so I don't think, yeah, he wasn't aware at all. Only Brian knew, and Brian's not going to, yeah, flood his mind with junk like right. that. Right, so when he finally came home and he heard the news, he was probably just like, okay, I'm just stay out of him. Yeah, do my part I'm going to see the baby, and yeah. then that's it. <laughs> that, 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 that's all I'm going to do. Yeah, and by the time he got back, Michael had already retained an attorney, so it's like, oh, man, a lot has happened while I was gone. <laughs> so, <laughs> a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot, lot, lot. But I like how he just stays neutral, though. I mean, like, he came to see the baby, which is, that's a good friend because he didn't have to come see the baby. I mean, hell, I know yeah. that must be a bad and friend. And he doesn't even jump in like, hey, y'all stop screaming. The baby's right here. Y'all calm down. Like, he's just like. No, he was just doing his thing. Okay, like, let I'm me just. just... Gonna, I'm going to hold the baby. Yeah. <laughs> and y'all going to do your thing. I'm going to sneak out the back yeah, door. Because I just got all the tea right now that I didn't even ask for. <laughs> yeah, I don't even need to drink none. Yeah, yeah. like, I'm full, baby. <laughs> Debbie is sitting on the couch in her PJs. She found a pair somewhere. Maybe these are Carl's. I don't know. Um, With a tub of ice cream and a can of whipped cream. And she is doing my grandmother's version of online shopping. And that's called, you know, the Home Shopping Network. (laughs) (laughs) And you wait on hold for 45 minutes and you waste $50 for a can opener. Um, But yeah, Emmett is heading out for work and he overhears her order and he knows immediately that something is not right. That's hilarious. Yeah. Well, something is wrong that... B word stole her look. I'm telling boy, and <laughs> her, her buttons. Yeah. Stole her act, her buttons, her shirt, her everything. Yeah. Okay. She's yeah. good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. That pie person, Debbie says she was so innocent at first. I don't have any experience. <laughs> but, uh, like, Debbie what? feels like she got hustled, but like, no, Debbie. She Debbie's salty. Okay. <laughs> yeah. They just pouring salt in the wounds over here. Emmett thinks that she's just having withdrawal symptoms. And she's like, Loretta is carrying on your legacy. That's the highest form of flattery. And Debbie's like, oh, yeah, the lowest form of imitation. (laughs) (laughs) Not the lowest. Yeah, but Emmett tells her to be proud and to pass on the mantle with dignity. Always dignity. Have you seen? No, I'm gonna say, what is that from? I knew you were gonna give it to me. Yes. Uh I I remember. I didn't remember the dignity. I knew it was from something. But anyway, the line I remember from Singing in the Rain is because it's like, um, I remember part of it. It's like they're the movies. They're going from being silent to, like, having the voices in them. Right. And there's an actress, and she's got this, like, 
I can't stand him. She, <laughs> <laughs> she's supposed to be saying, I can't stand him. Uh-huh. She's like, I can't stand him. <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, that is what I remember from that line. But dignity, always dignity is also a quote from that <laughs> from that movie. Brian and Justin are sharing a shower uh, at the loft, but it's just purely to conserve water. Yes, just makes yes. sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, Justin is in deep thought, and Brian is trying to be deep in something else. Um, Justin says it's amazing that he and Brian would be together and that Melanie and Lindsay would be apart. And Brian says, well, who knows what wonders the fates have in store. But really, if you go back to season one, episode one, and look at these four people, Justin was the only person convinced he would even see Brian again. Yeah, true. <laughs> Melanie and Lindsay were having their first baby. But again, you know, such is the ever-changing kaleidoscope of life. So mm. Justin says if those two can't make it work, who can? And Brian says the correct answer is no one. <laughs> well, Justin accuses him of being cynical. And Brian says, well, I'm not being cynical. I'm being realistic. But Justin took that word right out of his mouth, which Brian did not enjoy. Um, He despises when couples complete each other's sentences. And Justin points out to their rubber ducky that Brian called them a couple. Brian shoots him a scathing look. And then Justin decides that he should quit while he's ahead. That part. But not before he gives Brian some. That's hilarious. <laughs> what did you think about this scene before I I, I love on? that um Brian's make, Brian makes everything into a joke. But Justin was serious. Like... He really wanted to have a serious conversation. I think, like, it, it kind of bothered him. bothers him that... This couple friend, could fall apart. Yeah, that couple could fall apart when they looked so strong. I'm still shocked. Yeah. This show always give you a twist, but, I mean, this, they have this, these two people divorcing is, is a lot. Yeah. Because, I mean, they went through their struggles, but they always somehow came back together and made it work and was a unit. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't, I didn't think this was going to last. I didn't think yeah. that we would actually be going through this. I didn't think it would come to this. But I see where Justin's coming from. To yeah. see that strong unit there crumble and then turn out the way it, it turned out. Like, I mean, legal battles, fights in front of people, snatching things out of the hand. Mm-hmm. I mean, treating each other horrible for months. Yeah. Anything can happen to them, you know? Right, like, because they, like, we are married. We are committed. We are yeah. wife and wife. And yes. then and that fell apart. And then you look at your situation with Brian and it's and like, you don't oh, even have well. a title. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like... like like, sometimes I'm the on? roommate. Sometimes yeah. I'm the living partner. So, so yeah, that does create a little, mm, you mm-hmm. know. So I mean, he's probably feeling a little unsure, but he just wants to talk this out and work this out. But Brian wasn't being serious the way he wanted him mm-hmm. to. But somehow he knows how to snap back on. Like if he got too serious, because Brian was going to give him, Brian was going to get serious really quickly too. But it wasn't going to be for the best. So I think he, um, you know, he was like, well, let me just spin it back on and, and get playful with him too. And hence, well. He yeah, had to slide on down that stomach. <laughs> Brian is harmlessly mad that Justin tricked him into saying that they were a couple, but he also knows that it's a bit of a sensitive subject for Justin because mm-hmm. of what we were saying. Like think back to the beginning of this episode when Justin said they had been together for four years, and Brian said four weeks. Like even though Justin is a is aware of and sensitive to Brian's emotional issues most of the time, I'm sure he, Brian is thinking that. Justin was probably a little disappointed in the way that Brian answered that question. Um, Like, Brian doesn't easily admit these truths about their relationship. And so I think that after a while, that might, he knows that that probably bothers Justin. Mm -hmm. It's still hard for Brian not to automatically dispute anything that ties him to another person. That's just kind of been what he's done for so long. It's hard for him to not not automatically do that, even if he doesn't mean it anymore. Mm -hmm. But his insecurities and fears have got to be 
exhausting and probably discouraging for Justin at times, I would think. It's not about whether or not he loves Justin. They both know that he does. But it's probably frustrating that he can't just let himself do that mm-hmm. and definitely not let other people know that he's right. in. That's got to be tiring, I, w- I would think. And so Justin is not just being sassy by saying, hear that rubber ducky? He said, <laughs> couple, like he's hiding that disappointment and frustration behind that sassiness, I think. Yes. But because Brian does love him and when he is engaged with the emotional and psychological state of his partner, he does try to reassure him or comfort him in some way. In the way that he can. In the way that he can, yeah, with the tools that he has. So we see him pull Justin toward him, and he does it with some sexual innuendo first, but he pulls him toward him and calls him Mon Amour, my love. And, you know, after I'm done, like, squealing about and crying about that beautiful mess, like I I (laughs) can say that my opinion was that this was his attempt at showing and reminding Justin that we're okay. Like, I I can see that you're panicking Mm -hmm. and you're kind of freaking out a little bit, but we're okay. Uh, And for all of Brian's imperfections as a partner, he does notice things and he does pay attention. And so he's well aware of the areas in which he may be letting Justin down, but he can read him. And so he knows when he needs to, I got to step it up a little bit. Exactly. I mean, (laughs) he can feel it. That's the thing that I love about that, about that scene. Like you were saying, Brian does it in a way that he can give you the words, but not make himself feel too vulnerable. Exactly. Because he's not going to open himself up. All the way to be exposed. Mm-hmm. Justin knows him well enough anyway to know that whatever he's giving now, he's giving you what he can give you. Right. You know, mm-hmm. he's, he's doing the best this that he can. This is the full extent yeah. of what I can do mm-hmm. or that will I can do. Off, yeah, yeah, offer you. That's yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Justin loves how other people's tragic marital plight makes him <laughs> romantic. <laughs> yeah. But everyone's like, no, it doesn't make me romantic. It makes me hard. <laughs> yeah. Okay. He's trying yeah. to get in some. Yeah. Um, yeah. Making sure Justin doesn't doubt him makes him romantic. But Justin sitting there half naked and wet, that <laughs> makes him something else. Wet, wet. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Justin finishes his sentence again, but this time the sassiness is like pure sass. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And Brian raises an eyebrow in response like he's going to punish him. But then Justin bites his chin and Brian can't help but give him that sweet, genuine smile. So mission accomplished. What did you think about that? Girl, that bite was so cute. <laughs> was it not it the was cutest adorable. ever? Adorable. <laughs> I was like, they've just come so far. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, they've come so far. And I'm happy that we're in this place. Like, yeah. I am. It was, it was adorable. Like, the little bite was just too cute. Something else I love in this scene is that uh, Brian, like, cannot keep his hands off of oh, him. Oh, he's all over him. <laughs> yeah. All of him from the shower. I mean, like, he wasn't even finished showering. Yeah. He left Justin the shower. Justin is trying to just, like, think and take his <laughs> shower. <laughs> <laughs> and he's plastered to his back. Yes, I mean, like, damn, like, the you're you're you, like on my neck. Your breath is hotter than the water because <laughs> yeah. you're that close to yeah. me. You know, like, Lord. Yeah, he can't stop touching him and trying to kiss him. Like Justin can't even talk without Brian interrupting him. It's like you are a million heart eye emojis right now. Yes, for real. <laughs> yeah, like Justin's just trying to moisturize his skin with that <laughs> fountain of youth cream that no, Jennifer traded Molly let for. Him know, but that part, okay. <laughs> And uh, he can't rub it in because Brian's all over him. (laughs) Well, Debbie has stopped by Loretta's motel room to do what Emmett said. She's there to pass on the mantle with dignity. Uh, Loretta thought Debbie might be upset about her new look, but Debbie tells her she loves the new look. She loved it on herself when she created. Always (laughs) lying. (laughs) Always lying. Girl, you should have told the truth. To be honest, girl, I will feel a certain type of way, but I realize that it can can only be one Debbie. That's right, yeah. But, um... Debbie, I'm glad she went there, though. It showed that she has yeah. growth and that she is caring and 
that she's letting it go and she needs to be moving on and living her best life and, and not worrying about the diner. Like that is not, it's not your diner anyway. You were the waitress. Yeah. <laughs> like, that is, that is, I know. You, you start to think that Debbie owns it. Yeah. yeah. Like girl, stop. Uh, she tells Loretta that she's proud of her for doing a good job. And Loretta gives credit to her great teacher. There is a suitcase half packed on the bed because Loretta is leaving. Her sister told her husband, Daryl, where she is. And now she's got to run off before he, before he gets there. Debbie tells her not to run away. Like, you need to stand up. Stand up for yourself and tell him, no, I'm going to say you leave. And Debbie's got the perfect shirt for her to wear when she tells him. It's got a nice big middle finger on mm-hmm. it. <laughs> yeah. the birdie. Yeah, that might help Daryl get the message. Yeah. My thing is, girl, my sister, we will be done. <laughs> if you told <laughs> yeah, my... Yeah, for real. Like, <laughs> and you know that, yeah. You know that he, even if you don't know like he's violent, you know there's got to be... Something some that she reason. ran away. Because Loretta is not a person who just does what she wants to do. No. Like you can tell. She's been conditioned yes. to do exactly what he tells her to do. So if she left, something exactly. had to be going on. If she had Well, even if he guts. put her out, if she wasn't like, what else am I going to do? She's trying to move on and do something else. Mm-hmm. Why would you tell yeah, him? Yeah, why like, would you tell him that? Yeah, we no, we'd be done. Yeah. I don't have a sister no more. We're done. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm an only child. Over at Michael and Ben's new house, the dinner guests have arrived. Eli and Monty are there, and as are Justin and Brian. The first thing I noticed is that Brian looks very bored. Yeah, I was about to say snooze fest. Yeah, he looks very bored. I also noticed that shirt he has on, but I'm going to leave it on red now, too, until I decide <laughs> how I feel about it. To clarify, I'm saying red, like R-E-A-D. Yes. <laughs> like, uh, as in, I saw your message. But I'm but, just, I'm not, it's yeah, on red. Okay? I'm not dealing with you right now. It's yeah. no response. It's a very passive-aggressive posture. And so far in this episode, I have taken it with Callie and Brian's shirt and possibly with Brian's hair that in this part. scene. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. And for those of you keeping track at home, Michael is blocked. So. Oh, that part. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Sure. Yeah, so I'm not getting his messages anyway. Eli is making sure everyone knows that they need to hurry and plant their tulips, and that's not a euphemism. He is actually talking about tulips and gardening, which is fine. Nothing against gardening, but who at that table is gardening? Uh, not even Ben and Michael. No one. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Michael, but Brian does do a form of gardening. He does. Michael <laughs> says that when he was a kid, he uh, would plant pansies with Debbie in their front yard and yes. Brian says and look what blooms <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway Eli is the gardener and Monty is the chef Monty asks Justin out of him and Brian like which is which as if those are the only two moles to fit into yeah. but whatever Justin jumps in and he's got manners uh, and he tells him that he likes cooking and Brian says that he loves to plant his seed in some hole. Uh, Monty and Eli do not seem very comfortable with that. So Brian adds, in the ground. Yes. But I mean, don't change up for you. I right. mean, Michael should have known already not to even put you right. in this group setting here. I mean, Michael knows you. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is the same man who didn't even want to invite y'all over to him and uh, to Dr. Davids and um, their right. place to meet those friends. I think Monty and Eli goes in that same kind of category. Right. You know, like, why would you think Brian should come over there that's, knowing his lifestyle that. and his mouth? Mm-hmm. And now he's going to keep it 1,000 always. Right. So, I mean, like, that was dumb. I would never, that is the lamest dinner party ever. It's I, awful. Yeah. I, I would never ever want to be there. I want to be at one of um, Emmett's dinner parties. Yeah, okay? I would go there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, from there, the conversation goes to a petition for speed bumps. And Ben says uh, he doubts Brian is very interested in speed bumps. But Brian says, on the contrary, speed bumps are extremely important, especially before you go out dancing. <laughs> and I think that's like, Ben, leave me alone. Because clearly, these people, Brian's not interested in the conversation. And 
he said a little joke that they could have just laughed off and, and yeah, moved on from. Exactly. And I think Ben might think that he's doing a good thing, but I feel like that is you're like, mm, I don't need you speaking for me. You're yeah. trying to explain me away or trying to, you know, no, I don't need you to do that. Period. But I think that's kind of why he. But did. um, that's so funny. You know, I'm not, I'm not the wittiest. <laughs> uh, why I'm just not catching speed bump. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I was in a daze, like, like, like speed bump. That yeah. was very witty. Yeah. Was like, was so and let me smart. say this. Like, I think that Brian is very smart, and so is Justin. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, Brian watches the news. He reads the newspaper. I'm sure Justin probably gets a peek at that stuff when he wants to. And so it's not that Brian only cares about and can only talk about parties and and What well, we already know. Brian can do way more than that. He wouldn't be as um, the successful man that he is if he only yeah. lived in the club scene and sex only. Mm-hmm. This man is well-versed and diverse in yeah. a lot of different areas. He can communicate yeah. and run in any circle there is. So it's not that he has nothing to talk about. This is boring. Yes. And I don't care about y'all. No. <laughs> you know, I don't care about you. When Michael first brought the whole thing to him that he was walking down the street with Eli Monty when he moved to this neighborhood, Brian was against it. Yeah. You know, he was like, you don't have to be, you know, to be gay and to be a family, you don't have to live this life. Yeah. You're trying to conform to something that you're not. And you're forcing it. Yeah, you're acting you're, like that is the end goal. Yeah. You have to get there. It's fine if that's what you already yeah. envisioned for your marriage. But you're thinking, I have to now conform right. to that. And you don't have to. No. And yeah, and so yeah, Brian just like doesn't care about anything that is going on there. And he doesn't, he's not going to see these people again if he can help it. And so that's why he's not really engaging. But he really has been on his best behavior for the most part. He's no. just been kind of sitting there. You can tell by their plates, dinner is done. Yeah. And then they probably got there, had a little time before they started eating. So he's been fine. I mean, he's not being Brian, but that's right. just because he's. Subdued. Well, he, know, he knows his audience, too. Mm-hmm. He can't be Usual Brian. Usual, usual Brian would have talked about the poppers, probably would have the bump, probably would have smoked the joint. Could you imagine him around that? Like, I mean. <laughs> well, yeah, after dinner, he'll go out to yeah, the backyard. Yeah. Justin will go out there with him. Michael might even go that out there. Part. Yeah, I mean, he probably would have got his cock sucked in the back alley or something. <laughs> like, you know, in the backyard. Let's go ahead and christen this house right here. Yeah. You know, like something. But, I mean. He can't be himself because y'all brought him, you know, since snooze one and two. But he's willing to do what you've asked him to do. Like, come and sit here and have this awful dinner. He's mm-hmm. doing it. But anyway, things just kind of start to go downhill when uh, Eli and Monty are so uptight they can't even take a gardening joke. And then here's Ben kind of insinuating that Brian has no interest at all in anything that they would care about. I think Brian's just kind of over it at that point. Yeah. And Justin already knows that Brian is near his breaking point. <laughs> so I think he was hoping that they could at least just make it yeah. for dessert and then, and then go home. Uh, Monty asks Brian what he does exactly, and Justin chimes in and answers for him. He says that he's the president and CEO of Kinetic, the top advertising agency in, in Pittsburgh. And Brian adds that he is also the president and CEO of Babylon, the See, top to, gay dance club in Babylon. Uh, he didn't in, have to add Pittsburgh. that. That's why Justin answered. He, yeah, I know. Cause Cause Justin, Brian was going to leave yeah. with Babylon. And it's not that Justin is embarrassed. that but he, he owns. He, but he knows like, the audience. He knows the audience. And he's like, why put that out there when it's just yeah. going to cause uh, cause an issue? And But, but Brian, Brian likes ruffling care. the feathers. Yeah. yeah. But I think that also shows that even if he is all the stereotypes that you think he is, he still operates yeah. two successful businesses, mm-hmm. one of them in a corporate world. Yeah. Eli and Monty haven't been to Babylon in years, so Brian says they should come on by as his uh, special guest. But Eli highly doubts that Babylon will fit their lifestyle, and Brian wants to know which lifestyle that is. 
and um, he mixes them up, the the Monty and Eli, and they try to correct him. Like he don't care. Yeah, he, he doesn't give a damn. <laughs> yeah, I just want to call them Alanti because yes. I can't even keep them straight. Oh, we, that's what we're gonna call <laughs> yeah. them because yeah, they're, they're too yeah, much. I, I can't keep them straight either. Uh, Monty says that these days they prefer to spend quiet evenings at home with their kids. And that's fine. If that's what you want to do with life, that's fine. It's a great and beautiful thing. And Brian doesn't have an issue with that. But then one of the Elantes has to go. say, yep. rather than in a room full of drugged up Peter Pans. And now whatever comes next is his fault. Exactly. you when, asked for yeah, it. Yeah, now you, you're trying to attack me. I just told you I'm the owner of this spot. This yeah. spot. I just told you that we frequent this spot. And then you want to come out with the digs. Baby, yeah. you fucking with the wrong one. All you do, leave it at, oh, yeah. we haven't been there in forever. Yeah, it's, 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 not, it's not yeah, us for anymore. But you just you had know? to, yeah. Brian says, well, so many couples he speaks to these days feel that way, probably referring to Michael and Ben. Oh, ain't no problem. <laughs> yeah, and he says, that's why he's starting Monogamous Mondays. And I think Justin really wants to see Brian put them in their place, but at the same time, he's just trying to, like, keep the peace. Yeah, like, <laughs> so, don't do it. Yeah. Don't do it. They all laugh off Brian's comment, and Ben pushes it aside saying, oh, Brian's a real kidder. Like, still, quit trying to smooth things over for yeah. me like i'm fine <laughs> that part like don't talk for me. i don't need you speaking for yeah me. don't don't do that uh but elanti just won't stop he says i hardly think the kind of promiscuous behavior that babylon promotes is a laughing matter and brian says come on don't tell me after 10 years of being together you haven't had any extramarital action and justin calls brian's name and then mouths stop to him because then he's yes. like I think he just wants him to drop it. Like, yeah, like it's a it pointless go. pursuit. They are not going to change their mind. Neither are you. Just just let it go. But sometimes when people are pushing you, you just kind of can't you help but go in back. the direction that yeah. they're pushing. <laughs> so, and I think it's Eli, I don't, I don't know, says they never have had any extramarital action. It's, it's called being in a mature, loving relationship. I disagree. That's called being in a monogamous that, relationship. That and I'm that lying. I can feel it. Somebody lying. <laughs> yeah. Monty odds give me the heat and creeped. Yeah. Okay, somebody's lying. Yeah, somebody telling the story. Um, a relationship doesn't have to be monogamous to be mature and loving. I want to say that to them. And Brian takes it several steps further, and he says, I call that being dead. Well, finally, Michael intervenes and asks Brian to go help him with dessert. But Brian thinks they should uh, open their present first. He got them a little housewarming <laughs> gift, and it is a sling. <laughs> they told Brian they were furnishing a playroom, so no. what better than a swing? Right, mm -hmm. but not that kind of playroom, Brian. This was clearly supposed to be a joke, and I'm sure that if the night had gone differently, and if Eli and Monty weren't there, Brian would have given them this gift, and they would have laughed about it. They would have, and then he probably would have said, "Hey, yeah, that's a joke. I got you this gift yes. card to whatever mm -hmm. or something," but. I think Brian was like, you know what? F it. So, <laughs> okay. Yeah. You want to be funny? And then he chose chaos. Yes. It's so. because the way you can tell that Brian was already on it, like, you know, fuck it. It's on. I'm taking yeah. the gloves off because the way he put the gift because on the table. Because you came for me first. Yeah. And so. Mm -hmm. That whole line about a bunch of Peter Pan's like, oh, you don't want to grow old. Like, bro, get out of here. Mm -hmm. They're just so boring. Yeah. I mean, it's like I, I'm in a relationship. There's my partner right there. Yes. Who's I, young, I have a job. Fun, yeah. successful. Yeah. Like well, I have, I have a career. I have, I have two businesses that I own. Both of them are very successful right now. Like I think, had Eli not gotten all high and mighty, Brian would have, like I said, waited to give this gift, and he wouldn't have gone. He wouldn't have gone that far with everything. And because I really don't think he came there with the intention of embarrassing or upsetting Michael. Oh, never. Like I said, he was just sitting there. True, he was bored, but he was just sitting there. 
if he had the intention of being crude and obnoxious, he would have done so from the beginning. Oh, yeah. He would have made this night terrible for everybody from the jump. He ain't going to save it. No. (laughs) He's going to walk in on a thousand. That's not our Brian. He's not going to hold it. He's going to let you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because even after he made that first joke about the gardening thing, when he saw that they didn't take that well, he He cleaned it up. He recovered it, yeah. Yeah, uh but it's like... Okay, you're just going to be difficult to be like, difficult. It doesn't matter what I say. You're not going to like it. Mm-hmm. And he is just not about to let anyone judge him or look down on him. Like, you push him, and he's going to push back harder. Exactly. So, that's what happened. But uh, I go back to what you were saying. Why would Michael even do this? Why would he invite them over here with this group of people? You know, Brian's not going to like him. Justin isn't even going to like him, like <laughs> them. But he's going to be polite because you right. can take the boy out the country club, but you can't take the country club out the boy. Absolutely. So, <laughs> And you definitely knew that Eli and Monty were going to turn up their noses at Brian. So why would you mix this crowd? That makes no sense. And what makes him think that he and Ben are going to be the best fit for Eli and Monty? Yeah. I feel like they're going to turn up on them um, here in a few. You know, like, because <laughs> y'all are not perfect at all. No. I mean, period. If y'all doing that fighting shit that y'all was doing a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. I mean, when the whole book thing and, and you getting the rage deal— I mean, you're going to be out. What about when Debbie comes over and starts being very oh, Debbie? that part, okay. And if they have something to say about your mom, who? well, we already know who he's going to defend. True. So. And uh, when she started bringing little gnomes and shit. And plus, <laughs> yeah, leather reindeer and whatnot for Christmas. And yeah. I mean. But yeah, so even for me, like all of my friends are diverse, but I know that there are some that would not mix and I'm never going to put y'all, to put them together. Right. You know, because that just wouldn't work. So... If you are going to mix company like this, you have to work really hard to keep everyone involved and kind of speak to everyone's interests. And that's not Ben and Michael did a terrible job of that. They just kind of let Eli and Monty run everything. And it's almost like you brought me over here because you need to teach me or give me an example of what I need to be striving for. "Mm, No, I don't appreciate that. That's for you. That's your life. Yeah. That's what you're you're striving to be. Yeah. So, no, I don't I don't need that. Um. Yeah, Eli and Monty, no. Yeah, they, they are terrible. And they have no clue about all the good that Brian has done before, during, and after being in the back room. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, you don't just make judgments about me because of how I because of how I want to live my gay life. Exactly. Like, don't, yeah, don't do are that. Are you paying any of my bills? No, not a one. <laughs> okay, well then, <laughs> shut the hell up. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I had heard people make comments about the scene and people were like, oh, Brian, you know, they were frustrated with Brian and the same like, no, he's just d- responding to what they, to what they did, how they were acting is what like, I feel why like. Why would anybody be upset with him? Like he was on his best. I mean, this is the best we've seen Brian. Yeah. He normally acts an ass. Like, <laughs> he don't was, even want to go to Debbie yeah, sometimes for the family dinner. So, part, and he'll act a fool there, but he was just sitting there. That was reserved. Yeah. Like, I mean, how can you be upset with him? Be upset with the boring ones. Yeah. The thing is, he was doing this in an effort to reconcile his friendship with Michael. Like, that was his intention for being there. He didn't want to come to this mess, but he Girl, went. Michael fans is mad, bro. <laughs> it could be. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but he went because because Michael asked. And so this was supposed to be something to bring them back together. But this just made things worse. worse. Yep. Mm-hmm. Because it turned into a very judgy and uncomfortable environment. One where Michael sat by silently and Ben didn't do much to help either. And it really wasn't Justin's place to say anything to right. him. I mean, he the one time tried, but it was just like, I, I'm going to stay well, out of this. Yeah, he can't control anybody anyway. Yeah, He's yeah. not going to be able mm-hmm. to control Brian. But I love how Michael was in the kitchen looking. He gave that mama look like, really? <laughs> really? And, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I would have been looking like, what? You know me. But 
one thing I want to point out. So I like the contrast between this couple that's been together for 10 years and the couple at the beginning that's been together for 10 yep. years. And both of them, either way, if you want to fall into either category or anywhere in between, either way is fine. But you can't put what works for you as an expectation on all the couples. Exactly. Because, um, yeah, it just it just doesn't work. Well, Ben and Michael are at Hunter's Swim Meet, and Michael is still upset at Brian. Ben is telling him to let it go. Michael knows that he should and that he should live in the now, but right now he wants to hold Brian's head underwater. And I'm like, oh. I would, wouldn't mind doing that yeah, to you to for you. a minute. Okay, let's switch <laughs> yeah. it. Okay. Yeah. Michael is upset that Brian acted the way that he did in their home and in front of their friends. But I thought best friend trumped everything, Michael. Right. Like, what happened? Or is it only like that when it's the other way around? Like, so you have to come before all of Brian's friends, but your friends can come before him? Mm-hmm. Like, okay, cool. Just double checking. One to no. Um, mm-hmm. Let me block you again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, actually. Double block. Gonna, yeah. He, he done off social media now. Like, he was just blocked at the phone. <laughs> oh, the phone, yeah. Yeah, now I'm blocking you on all platforms. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Baby, you're done. You're yeah. through. Okay, yeah. it's just a wrap. And one more thing. Like, are you upset at Elanti for judging your best friend and shading his character, his business, and his relationship? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I didn't think so. That part. So, mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Callie is uh, doing well in her race, and her parents stand to cheer, and Michael thinks that they are making fools of themselves. And I'm like, I know we don't like our parents, but I think you're just being Yeah, difficult. you're doing too much. Yeah, because I don't know if your annoyance is in defense of your son or if it's tied to you trying to adhere to whatever image you're trying to project it was just monty and eli still on him because i think so he they were standing up and mm-hmm. clapping mm-hmm. you know and he was oh yeah you don't have to be so like, extra yes. and extreme why are you standing clap? we're at a we're at the swim meet we're at the swim rehearsal, rehearsal or the, no, yeah. the swim, uh, swim uh, whatever uh, recital or whatever yeah, performance <laughs> You know, it's a swim performance why are you standing and, and clapping yeah like, you, know, you should just be doing some snaps or something Anyway, Hunter is up next, and he is doing great. He actually wins. And I would comment on how Michael is cheering like a proud parent or or the <laughs> fool that he accused Callie's parents of being. But Hunter bumped his head against the wall when he finished. And Callie notices that something isn't right and immediately jumps into the water to help him. And he hit his head pretty good because he is bleeding. And we see Callie's parents jump up screaming at Callie to get out of the pool. And they tell everyone in attendance that Hunter has AIDS, which is not true at all. And also, just how dare you? How dare you? But so unnecessary. I mean, could, could you? Could, they should be sued or somebody yeah. should have punched in the face. This is when I choose violence. This is I know. I want to push them down. This is a child. This is a 16-year-old. And the fact that you have no compassion for a 16- or 17-year-old dealing with such disease. Mm-hmm. You know, like... You have no empathy. You you have the nerves and the audacity mm-hmm. to yell something out in front of all of these parents and his peers right. who didn't know any of this personal information. That and you they're were getting to. out the water anyway. Now, yeah. maybe Callie wasn't, but everybody else was because the race was over. And then also, if you educate yourself, it's chlorine yeah. in this That's, water. That fool. is the thing. Like That is the problem with trying to keep AIDS and HIV all secret and taboo from not, you know, from not educating people because... People have little to no knowledge about how it's transmitted. And it's highly unlikely that the virus would survive in water, much less in chlorinated water. That's what you're saying. Silly. I mean, it just, that burned me up. Like, it set me on fire. Yeah. Now, those are the people I wanted to put the head under the water. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, for real. And I'm sure that this is a retelling of what happened with Greg Luganis, the the, uh, Olympic diver who struck his head on the diving board and bled into the pool in the 80s. And um, he knew that he had HIV before competing, but he didn't tell anybody. I think right. it was like in the 90s, mid-90s, before he 
went public with that information. But the medical community and the scientists, uh, they all came out and said that the chances of someone getting infected in that situation were pretty much zero. Right. I mean, you know, science and medicine never says zero, but they say pretty close to (laughs) pretty close to zero because the chlorine in the water would dilute and kill the virus. Mm -hmm. And also there are just no known cases of HIV transmission in this way, like through swim pools or hot tubs. Anyway, people don't know that. Right. And uh, so they panic and they look at Hunter like he should be ashamed of himself. And how dare you, you awful creature. That broke my heart. Yeah. Literally broke my mm-hmm, heart. Because mm-hmm. he he's been doing so well. And he did not ask for this no. virus. Like He made great adjustments with the school, the whole living situation. He mm-hmm. made friends. I mean, he had a girl that he liked. It, although she broke up with him, he still you can still see the, those feelings were there. Yeah. I mean, he's good. He found something that he was good at. And now you you've potentially snatched this away from him. Right. Because you just told the entire school. You've created an unsafe environment yeah, for him too. Exactly. Like you thought that he was making y'all unsafe. Now you have made him unsafe. Yep. By what you by what you said. Mm-hmm. I I hate them. Yeah, I do. <laughs> they're worse word, than uh, they're them. worse than um, Craig. Yeah. Like I mean, like well, maybe not. No, they're, they're in the same. They're probably in the same they car. Definitely in the same coffin. I'm yeah, putting them all. <laughs> they're all dead to me. Yeah. Uh, Emmett has accompanied Ted to his appointment. I really kind of appreciate Emmett uh, Ted's storyline in this because even though it's serious to Ted, it gives us a little bit of relief with everything else heavy that's going mm-hmm. on in this episode. Apparently, they're going to build Ted a whole new face because he's got X's and arrows everywhere. Girl and O's and <laughs> I mean, like everything. Yeah. yeah, he's getting a little nervous. He's never had surgery before. And Emmett knows it's just jitters. But Ted says that he's the one who has to suffer the pain for the sake of a new him. But what if he doesn't like the new him? And maybe Brian's right. Maybe this obsession with youth and beauty is shallow, superficial, and narcissistic. And Emmett says it's their God-given right as gay men to be obsessed with youth and beauty. (laughs) And since he's known Ted, Ted has never felt really good about himself and what he sees in the mirror. So if a few incisions and a little fat sucking is what it takes for him to finally be able to look in the mirror and smile, then it's not shallow or superficial. It's a blessing. True. I agree. What Mm -hmm. do you think? What are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I I agree with that. Like, I don't have any problem with if you think you need a little little work. If you want to paint the house, paint the house. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If you want to paint the house, paint the house. I just feel like don't go aboard with it because all those surgeries are not going to. I mean, you have to be happy. Be content. Yeah. You have to be happy on the inside first. Mm-hmm. You know, the outside isn't going to make the inside happy. So Yeah, that's what I... There are some things where I'm like, you might want to have a good support system and maybe some additional services like therapy or counseling right. in addition to this procedure. There are some situations where I feel like that's appropriate. Yeah, absolutely. But, um, yeah, but if you're doing it with a clear head and with realistic expectations, ain't the house. True. <laughs> Then we see Melanie getting JR's things ready for her to go. And the petty part of me is like, nope, you can get your own stuff for your yeah. house. I ain't sending nothing. Girl, I would have packed anything. <laughs> yeah. I, I, all I would have packed was some the pump milk. Um, and I it. might would have done that. I would have yeah. said, you can come here, bring her here yes. every three hours so I can her. feed her because I have stuff to do. I don't have time yeah. to pump today and feed her. Mm-hmm. So, mm-mm. <laughs> I would have low-key made it difficult in the, I sure in the would have, yeah. I would have been that baby mama, okay? <laughs> Not the mother of my child, but the baby mama. Yeah, and okay? I would tell him, well, there's too much chance of losing things in transition mm-hmm. because 
to be honest, like real story, I was holding a friend's baby like a couple months ago and I held that baby for about two minutes. And in that time, she lost a sock, her oh, headband, Lord. and her pacifier. Oh. So, and I was sitting in one spot. Like, so. How does it even disappear? And it disappears. It does. We never found it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, disappears. Yeah. Like, okay. I didn't like babies are magicians. I they are. Yeah. So, no, you can get your own. <laughs> Especially if Michael and Ben are so much more fit and prepared because mm-hmm. it's two of them. They should already have their own stuff. Yep, I was sitting her over there in a clean onesie and a clean diaper. <laughs> that was it. Yeah. I mean, she's already fed now. Yeah. Okay, your next meals, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, okay. so work it out. Um, I mean, I wouldn't do that because... Like ben, can you pump uh, yeah. Ben? Yeah. <laughs> Which one of y'all need this pump? Yeah, let me know. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't do it because I wouldn't want my child to suffer, but I would definitely think about doing it. The well has run dry. Yeah. <laughs> um, Michael is picking up the baby tomorrow. Lindsay is there, and she's telling her this. And Lindsay offers to let Gus stay with her, which I thought was very sweet for her to offer that. But Melanie declines her offer, saying she doesn't need her pity. I'm like, Melanie, And it goes back girl. again. Girl, it's not about, like, pity. Okay, stop mm-hmm. playing. But... You you losing you you complaining because you have to let one child go. You still have another one. Yeah. Like I mean, enjoy this time with Gus. Yeah. I mean, I can extend her the benefit of the doubt and say maybe she knows that she'll be in a bad mood, and so it wouldn't be the best environment for Gus to be there with her because she'll be sad and upset, and she maybe that's it. But really, she hadn't been in a great mood for months now, for so months. I don't know what would be any different. <laughs> she got to let some of that anger go, at least enough of it to be able to get out of her own way a little bit. Uh, Lindsay says that she hopes it all goes well tomorrow, despite what Melanie thinks. And I kind of, some of what Lindsay's saying, I'm good with. I'm like, Lindsay, you don't know that Michael don't want you to have no rights. So no, just, like, <laughs> like, baby. I, mean, I kind of want to instigate that a little I know. bit. Like, he don't want like, you to I mean, have no rights. Girl, I know you still think that's your friend and all, but I mean, he ain't down for you. But I mean, <laughs> yeah. I don't, I'm not going to say too When he saw that one third yeah. instead of one half, he was not happy. Yeah. I ain't going to say too much with girl, but you know he wasn't happy. <laughs> yeah. But you Maybe I read me. it wrong, yeah. read the situation wrong, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but so she's hoping that it'll go well and not be as terrible as Melanie thinks it would be. <laughs> and then she leaves and Gus is in the living room melting down like he does not want to leave. No. I don't know what Lizzie is doing to that child at her house. Because he don't ever want to go. <laughs> he don't ever want to go home with like, her. Like, Lord. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, that got to be a, a, you know, a hit to her, her pride. <laughs> yeah. The baby's always saying, no, I don't want to go. Yeah. I don't want Like, always. Yeah, every single time he don't want to go. Yeah. And it could be because this is his home and he remembers it. He's old enough to remember this is his home. And both of his mommies are here. This is the only place that he sees both of them. True. He's too too young to understand what is happening, of course, but he does know this house, and he does know that he sees both of them here. True. And that's what he's used to. So it could be that, but I don't want to go to Lindsay's. Well, I know if I I was Melanie's lawyer, I would have said, and hell, Gus don't even want to be over there. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, like, why would we send JR over there? Like, Gus is begging to be over here. Every single night he's begging to stay with me. Ben, Hunter, and Michael are home from the hospital. Hunter is fine, but he does have a concussion and an attitude, understandably so, uh, thanks to a very long wait and Callie's awful parents. Everyone at school now thinks he has AIDS, and again, he doesn't, but Hunter's not worried about clarifying that because he's never going back, is what he says. But also, you can't even... He wouldn't be able to educate these idiots. You would have to have people who really want to know and genuinely want, genuinely want to learn and mm-hmm. understand what you're going through. Mm-hmm. High school and who students, are going to see you as a person, yeah, not a virus. Exactly. And these high school kids, high school boys, yeah, uh, they're not going. All no. they're going to do is, it's no, it's it's just going to create more issues. 
He's gonna because be just like that, it looks like they turned on him. Like they were all his friends and playing and joking with him when we first saw them in this episode. And then as soon as they found that out, they were looking at him like. And baby, when they found it out, they didn't even know if it's true. He just said, yeah. he has AIDS. Yeah. Anybody can yell that out. Right. You know? How did they know that was true off the rip? Mm-hmm. You know, like their faces turned immediately. Yeah. Like, oh, that's yeah. her parents. They don't lie. You have it? Like, oh, yeah. Like, get the hell out of here. Ben says that he has nothing to be ashamed of. And. Michael is like, well, we'll let you take a day off or, or so, but eventually you're going to have to go back. And that's really a hard one. Like, I I get that you want him to go back so he doesn't develop a habit of hiding or letting a bunch of shame and condemnation pile upon himself. But at the same time, like, you don't want him to go back because kids are awful. Yeah. And walking down the hall knowing that everyone is whispering about you or laughing at you is not a great thing. It's, it's a terrible feeling. And he's already feeling unsure. High school is hard enough already. Mm-hmm. I mean, and he's got his own stuff in yeah. his own head. I mean, this boy been through so much at yeah. such a, a, a young age. Like I thought, mm-hmm. Justin went through a lot. Um, you know, very quickly. Yeah, but so man, yeah. so did Hunter. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's been through a lot. So I mean, I would never subject my child to go to a school where I know he's going to be bullied. He's going to be teased and picked on. Like I mean, mm-hmm. this is when we discuss homeschool options, transferring to another um district or yeah. something like. Something I get wanting to overemphasize to them this you did nothing wrong. There's no reason for you to leave. But if you are uncomfortable and you will not be able to function in I this am environment, not force you I'm not going to make you Mm-mm. stay there. Yeah. Well, Brian and Justin are at Babylon watching rehearsals. There are some aerial silks performers, and they are not quite up to Brian's standards. And but Justin thinks they look pretty yeah, good. We need that circus back. <laughs> yeah, but Brian says pretty good is not good enough. When Michael sees it, he wants him to lose his mind and his breath and then his bladder control. (laughs) (laughs) Justin knows what's going on here, though. And he says, and then what? You want him to come running back to Babylon where he belongs? Like, Justin doesn't think that's going to happen. Michael is happy where he is. Brian doesn't think gay men can survive on tulip beds and speed bumps alone. (laughs) And he fully expects Michael return to the jungle where he where he belongs. And I think this is Brian setting a trap to lure Michael back. Because he's always been able to do that. You yeah, know, he's he has. always been able to get it, him back. Yeah, and then when he was with Dr. David and that they had this book. other situation going on, he would do it with physical stuff. Yes. Yeah, but he's mm-hmm. kissing him or touching right. him or, oh, Michael, come do this with me yeah. or whatever. Oh, oh, Michael, worry about me. Mm-hmm. I had a Craig Taylor tried to kill me and I got a Band-Aid on my forehead. <laughs> so And even like um in season two, or was it season three when he was, yeah, when Justin um, broke up, he was taking all the time, you know, from, yeah. from Ben uh-huh. taking Michael. But he's always had that hold on, yeah. on Michael. Um, and so he doesn't have the, he can't lure him with the relationship side because Michael has finally had to accept that that's not going right. to, that dog ain't going to hunt. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so he doesn't have him with that. So he's trying this other thing and he's mixing it with the whole superhero right. deal because he knows that. That's something to, like, exactly. Yeah. And, and so, yes, he's trying to, assert his point that that's not the only way to be gay. Brian doesn't think that's the right way to be to be gay. We'll talk about this in a little bit. But so, yes, he is trying to prove this point. But also, I think at the base of this, he doesn't want to lose his friend is, mm-hmm. is what I think is going on at the at the root of this. Like Ever since Michael got married, he's been acting differently and he's veering further and further away from Brian. And if it were just about a change in schedules or priorities, I think that would be fine but this is more fundamental it's more michael saying i don't want to associate with you because of your lifestyle and your code and because i disagree with everything about how you yeah, live and, your life and that's like a personal attack it like, is a personal attack i think that hurts brian yeah it does because 
this was your lifestyle. Mm-hmm. I mean, just until we'll say a month ago. Yeah. Like, it's like, and you still know me. Yeah. Like, you know what kind of person I am. Like, no matter what it. I do, you know what kind of person I am. I've saved this. Literally, he saved Liberty Avenue countless times. Mm-hmm. Saved them. He saved the entire city, actually. The whole guy. It, 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 Monty and, and Elon, if Stockwell would have got an office, it, it would have been over for you guys, too. It would have right. been over for y'all as well. So. Yeah. Well, Michael, the comic book store that you have, you have it because you sold the comic that I bought you. Yeah. I encouraged you to up the price on yep. the bid and just like, but he doesn't do that. He doesn't want that credit for things like that. But it's just like, you know who I, you know who I am. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I think that's why he is, he's acting out because he's starting to get hurt personal on a personal level mm-hmm. by the things that that Michael is um is doing and it's also like don't be mad at me about the Elanti situation they poke <laughs> me in the eye so I poke back absolutely and don't get mad at me if I'm better at retaliation than they are at instigation that part, so, uh, that part. Okay. so yeah but Michael's new marriage the baby the house in the suburbs his uppity friends all of that stuff is getting between Brian's friendship with Michael so I think ne- that's why he is so against that stuff now. It's like mm-hmm. at first he could have been like whatever, but it's like now he sees those things as kind of the enemy or, or whatever. Because that's what's responsible for morphing Michael into this pious, sanctimonious prick <laughs> that he's becoming. That's what Brian said in 502. You changed. And from where Brian is standing, it's not for the better. It's not, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're, I, you're morphing into something that you're not, that you would never be. You didn't even yeah. come from that life. They're not going to, I mean, I'm not going to say they're not going to accept you, but they're definitely not going to accept Debbie. Yeah. And your mom isn't going anywhere. She ain't going to change. Yeah. Yeah. I think Brian was willing to let differences of opinion and approach be fine in his friendship with Michael after he got married. I mean, he he planned the impromptu wedding reception for them. So he was cool with that. But it's like you are starting to act different and you're starting to treat me different because of that. And you're letting it separate us because he's now he's all like I'm married now. I can't associate with you and your your lifestyle like you should grow up like I'm growing up. Like, like don't why waste your money on Babylon? You should have bought a house. Like no, just because you want to buy a house. Yeah, I got. I'm fine where I live. I love my loft. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. Makes no sense to me. Can't it, push that onto me. Why did you pay for her lawyer instead of helping me and my married two parent household get custody of her? Well, because, Baby, like you just said, married two parent household. I'm I, even the playing field. Yeah. Also, that's my friend as well. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna always continue to help. Yes, it's like no, I shouldn't have to conform to what you were expecting of me. You know. And also, why would Michael think that Brian um, automatically agrees with his side anyway? Right. Like, why would he agree with you? Mm-hmm. Like you're literally. I mean, like you said, I, I hate saying the words. Taking the baby from the mother because you're not like actually taking yeah, the yeah, baby. Yeah, but, but you're, yeah. But I mean, bro, you're doing the most. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you really were. You were doing the most. And the fact that you were going to cut Lindsay out, it's a shitty um, situation and it shows your character. Like, you really can't be trusted. Yeah. You know, Brian has, is having this superhero party for Michael because he wants to bring his friend back. Like, they've had little fights before. They've been mad at each other before, but those times are mostly centered around like an isolated event or something. Right. But this is Michael taking a totally different direction and almost saying, I'm going to have to leave you behind then. Mm-hmm. If you won't come do what I'm doing, then I'm going to have to leave you behind. And I think you kind of have to remember what was happening in Brian's life when he met Michael to see why he is kind of right. getting so sensitive about about this. Like, So when they met, Brian had been physically abused for years and emotionally neglected by both parents. He never really felt loved, and he had been told many times that his very existence was one of the biggest regrets that his parents had. 
on top of all this, by this time, I'm sure he was probably aware of the fact that he was possibly gay. And you can say that Brian was probably born around 1971, which means he would have been 14 when he meets Michael in 85. Now, imagine growing up in the environment that Brian grew up in and then realizing you're gay right as news about something called a gay cancer was going around. Exactly. Yeah. Like, who is he going to talk to in his life about any of that stuff? On top of that, his family is moving again because clearly he just moved into, you know, Michael ain't moved nowhere. Debbie ain't moved. That means Brian must have moved into this neighborhood probably. This is just my thinking, but I imagine that every time his family moved, the conversation between the parents was things will be different this time, only it wasn't going to be different. It's still going to be terrible. Uh, But Brian's going to be at a new school where he's got no friends and has to start all the way over. Terrible. Yeah. And then he meets Michael and they are very different in a lot of ways, but they have a few things in common. And Michael looks at Brian like he is bigger than life and he thinks it would be so cool to be his friend when Brian has had no one treat him like that, like he was worth knowing, not even his family. And also Michael is gay, so you can so they can sit together and drool over pictures of Patrick Swayze. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Patrick was killing the game. Yeah. And but then Brian also has something that he can offer Michael. He can protect him and look out for him and give him answers to the tests and things like that. And he can give him his friendship. So they were able to have this kind of mutual exchange there. Plus, with his friendship with Michael, he gets Debbie, who probably took (laughs) one look at him and combined it with the rumors that she's heard about Jack and Joan. Right. And probably saw this as a kid who would, yes, probably break her son's heart, but who would need to be loved. Exactly. And that's one thing Debbie uh, is going to do always. She's always going to give love. Or try at least. Try her best. Mm -hmm. And then he also got Uncle Vic with that, who is a gay man who's living it up in New York and who made being gay look cool instead Mm -hmm. of like something to hide and be ashamed of. Exactly. So they really brought a lot into his life. And all of that is wrapped up in his friendship with Michael. Like he knows that they don't have a lot in common and really doesn't make sense for them to still be friends. But... From where it started, you see why that root is so deep in in Brian. That friendship, the root of that friendship, because is so it's deep more in him. than friendship. It's uh-huh. family. Like mm-hmm. I mean, they really like saved him. They rescued him. They really did because I don't even want to think about what Brian would be had he not met them. Right. Like if we would even still have a Brian around. If he is, he'd be so callous and hard hearted that nobody would want to ever deal with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, so all of that to say, he doesn't want to lose his friend in addition to everything else that's going on with this. But that's the reason he throws this party. And so maybe on the surface, he is saying, Michael, come back to all this hedonism and the right way to do gay life. But really what he's saying is, don't change so much that you walk away from me. Right. Because I'm never going to conform to that. So, <laughs> yeah. And also Brian specializes in big, grand gestures. Like, that's his thing. We know that that's what he, that's what he does. Now, he's no saint, of course, so I do think that part of him is looking for a bit of vindication in having Michael kind of eye up the dancers at Babylon and I enjoy mean, drinking a dance. But Absolutely, because he want to remind him, like, bro, yeah. you're not far removed from this. Yeah. We used to all enjoy this. Mm-hmm. You were doing it three months ago with me. And there's nothing wrong nothing with wrong. this. And, and, and there is nothing wrong with it. Yeah, period. that's the main thing. There's nothing wrong with it. Yeah. Yes, I do think, of course, that's in there, too. But I do think the real thing is he doesn't want to be left by his friend because the friend is listening to the straight society or even that that division of queer people who are saying you have to conform and look like them and tone it down. Yeah, that that sort of thing. Anyway, they're getting ready for the party. (laughs) Well, Loretta listened to Debbie and she stuck around. She's working her shift. And then Daryl Pye shows up. 
I already know he's a trash person because he starts by apologizing. So, mm -mm, I don't trust <laughs> it or you. And then he asks her about her jaw. So I was right. Yeah, girl. Yeah. And he, he promises he won't do it again. I'm sure you haven't yeah, said that before. Exactly. I mean, if you've done it once, you probably didn't did it again. Yeah. Like, oh, my God. And then he tells her, you don't have to apologize. Like, I forgive you. We can just move on. Uh, apologize for what? Why would I? I ran yeah, away from you. Why would for I apologize what? for a kiss? Why would mm -hmm. I apologize on a female? Mm -hmm. Why would I apologize? Like, stop. Stop it. Yeah. He's like, we can just forget about everything. You need just come on home with me. Well, Loretta tells him she's not going and cue his true colors because then he, he switches the whole game yeah. up. Like, are you, you going to stay here slinging hash at a gay diner, be independent, be a lesbian? Well, Loretta says that's exactly what she's going to do. And she is a lesbian and she's not ashamed of it. And then Daryl proceeds to become more trash, like trying to pull her out the door. And Loretta, I mean, he was going to be handsy Yeah, Loretta is doing her best to be tough. And I'm kind of worried why nobody is coming to her defense. But no, And it's, it's the restaurant full, too. Yeah, and so they kind of like notice what's going on, but then they stay out of it. But Debbie doesn't. She comes out with a bat and a temper, too. That's why we love you, young Deborah. Yeah. Because she just popped up out of nowhere, and <laughs> yeah. she was ready I don't even care it. about logistically. People can talk about the plot hole with that. Right. I don't even care logistically where she no, came from. <laughs> but she's a real one. Now, that's a real friend. She yeah. don't even know her. I mean, literally just met this girl. Yeah. And then you you had enough guts to put your life in danger, you know, mm -hmm. to come even see this man. I mean, you don't know if he had a gun, a knife, or yeah. whatever the case. You don't get involved in domestic disputes like that. But the fact that she was there... Yeah. Uh, and, and she came to show up and she let her know, like, girl, you can do this. You're going to stand up for yourself because yeah. you're not alone. We are a community here on Liberty mm -hmm. Avenue. And I just that's what that stood for for me. Like, yeah. I might not be here, but we are still I might not be working here, mm -hmm. but I'm just as a part of this community, still a part of this community as anyone else. And we're still going to stand together as one and we're going to protect you. Yeah. And, and I love that. I love that she let Loretta do it, too. Like she let Daryl know, like, oh, we here. We, yeah. and we, we see what you're doing and we yeah. here. And we're not going to let that fly. But she let Loretta do it. And you got to see Loretta kind of blossom a little bit. Yeah. Because, like, of course, she's still, she still got that thing in her that, you she's know, because, yeah, because she's been conditioned, that's still in her. And so it's a little bit awkward for her, but she is doing her best to stand up as straight as she can, you True. know. And so I, I do love that she's like, no, I don't want to go. Even if she's a little bit like, you're not a nice person. And you're like, yeah. Still, I don't, I feel like that was true for her character to say it that mm -hmm. way, but. I love that she got to find that in herself. True. And also, she had to do that. Yeah. She was the one who's going to have to make that decision because if, if the group, the gang would have made the decision for her, if Debbie and, mm -hmm. and you know, the people she has with her that was rallying with her, if they were like, no, get over here now, Loretta, and Loretta didn't get to make their choice, I mean, who knows what would have happened. Right. She if had he to followed be her ready. to the hotel, yeah. to the motel or whatever, yeah, after True. her shift. So, yeah, she had to do it. I think it helped knowing that, okay, they're going to support me. They have my right. back. But, yeah, I love that she. It was a, a must. Uh-huh. And then Debbie, her bat, and her friends, including the leather daddies, <laughs> ran him right about they were, the diner. They were not playing, okay? <laughs> yeah. They turned around and was ready. Yeah. Well, Hunter braves the halls of high school, and I'm quite uh, proud of him and impressed by him for that. Callie comes over to check on him and apologize for what happened, and Hunter says it's his fault for thinking no one would ever find out. Then some jerk calls out to Callie, telling her not to waste her time with him. And somehow these kids know everything. They know all about him being a hustler and how he got it. And Hunter assumes that Callie told and she, I'm already removing my earrings in that, case she did. That part, for real. <laughs> I'm going to be waiting for you in the parking lot. It's but, on site. It's uh, up when I see real. you always. Okay? <laughs> yes, okay. Uh, but she says that she didn't tell. 
And then Lucas, who will probably grow up to have Napoleon syndrome, <laughs> offers Hunter $5 for his services. And when Hunter tells him that it'll cost more than that, he tries to punch him. But Hunter uses Lucas's fear against him. He says, you want to get AIDS? Go ahead, punch me. Get my get my blood all over you. Which, I loved it. Yeah, Hunter knows that's not going to. It's because he's educated and he's, he's dumb. Yeah, dumb but, but and he knows, like, because you're stupid and you don't know anything, yeah. you're going to believe that this exactly. could happen. Exactly. Yeah, so that's one way to keep people from. But physically. Yeah, from physically him. attacking him. Yeah, um, because people will always fear what they don't know and understand. And now I hate that he has to force himself to do that because he's putting this label on himself. But um, so I hate that he has to resort to that, but he's got to protect himself the only yeah. way he knows how and using the person's fear against them. in this situation was the best way. True. But what what I can't stand about this scene is that you telling me that Callie's parents set up on a three-way call For real? and was over gossiping about a six yeah, the like, parents? like what the hell and then the parents my mama used to tell me all the time stay in a kid's place right. get, get out of grown folks mouths mm-hmm. get out of grown folks businesses business mm-hmm. They ain't tell these kids this. I guess not. Why y'all passing the info to the school? I mean, yeah. these these parents, the superintendent, and everybody need to pull together. Yeah, and need to have a whole conversation, a little meeting with the with the parents of, of these children because I mean, this is going to create some chaos. Yeah, this is completely out of line. Yeah. yeah. Um. Well, Hunter can't really trust Callie anymore because, yeah, you. I don't know. She's saying she didn't tell, but it's like mm, I I don't know. But anyway, he looks like he's about to cry, and then he just takes off running. Probably leaves the school. Yeah, yeah. Um, if I find out Kelly told, better watch us. I mean, it's over. Yeah, we putting you in that same coffin with the parents. Yeah, we stuck y'all on top of each other. Y'all get one. Yeah, all of y'all get yes. up in this coffin. Yeah. Uh, well, we see Brian over at Kinetic, and he is surrounded by posters with Ted as a swimsuit model. The surgery went well. I said, damn. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean. Photoshop is 100. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Uh, yeah, I guess the guy they were using before is out and Ted is in because these posters were there early in a scene earlier. And I really liked how they were in that scene with Ted there. But um, yeah, he's out and uh, Schmidt is in. Brian is telling his clients that he can't promise them uh, Schmidt. He's the hottest guy in town. Even yes. Brian wants him. <laughs> yeah. Well, they gave Ted the good drugs because <laughs> we're actually in the surgeon's office and he is waking up from anesthesia. Then Emmett is right there waiting. He's going to expect Ted to return the favor when he decides to pull a Joan Rivers. <laughs> uh, Emmett leaves and tells him not to peek, but of course he's going to. I don't know how he gets himself out of that Girl, bed. Honey, but he just you just had your ass done. <laughs> you had your, your stomach tucked. Yeah. You have stitches everywhere. There is no way you're pulling up and leaning up. Maybe he maybe he's still dreaming that he's doing this. I don't I, know. I hope so. But he goes to the to the mirror, and he is horrified. <laughs> but how can you be horrified? Like I can't even see yeah, anything. You can't see yeah. anything. You can barely see your eyes. Yeah. Well, Debbie and Loretta are toasting to Loretta's freedom and bravery. Debbie has been a great help to her. She gave her a new life, and then she helped save it. Mm-hmm. She tells Loretta that she deserves happiness, and Loretta would also like to share that happiness with someone. Uh, well, it seems like she's thinking perhaps she could share with Debbie because <laughs> when Deb when Debbie goes to give her a hug, Loretta turns it into a kiss and says, love you. And Debbie's trying not to freak out. And she's right. like, mm, you too. Bye. You know, I'm, I'm going to take it as that kiss was one of those Brian and Michaels. You know what I'm saying? Like one of those, like, I love you friendship kisses. A little extra on it. But yeah, that's all, that's what I'm going to take it at. You yeah. Know, like, she knows Debbie. Well, maybe she doesn't know Debbie has a man. But I'm pretty sure Debbie told her, girl, I'm quitting. You yeah. know, my man don't want me to work. I'm trying to spend some time and bust it open for him, you know. <laughs> so um, maybe maybe she did know. 
You know? Maybe she did. But I think it's just that thing where this is someone who has stood up for her and who mm-hmm. has become an important part of her life in a very short amount of time. And so sometimes feelings get confused. You still got to have some restraint. See, that's what she, that's what got her ass in trouble the first time. Yeah. Okay. Like with the icing. With the icing. Okay. <laughs> like, baby girl, you need to know boundaries and then respect them. Yeah, like, I mean, she was married. Yes. And yeah. Uh-huh. So, I mean, the first time we here for you, girl. But do you not finna come for Debbie? Especially because, you know, I, Carl, that's my homie. So that's not, that's not what we're going to do. We're not yeah. going to do that at all. Yeah. Uh, Sharon Glass, in her memoir, she tells a similar story about how something like this happened to her. In, in real life? In real life, oh, yeah. Lord. And she also talks about um, some confusing feelings she was having for Rosie O'Donnell. Because oh, they are Lord. they are friends. Right. Yeah. Rosie O'Donnell was a fan of Queer's Folk. Wanted to be in the show, but mm-hmm. said she wanted to do her role or her scenes with with um Sharon. Oh and wow, so that's that's kind of how yeah. we get this. Yeah, brought in. Wow. There. Yeah. Anyway, we see Melanie dropping off Jr. with Michael and Ben, and I really just don't want to. You can talk about this one because I really just. I mean, it was sad. I mean, now I kind of see see what you're saying. It's almost like like you are taking the baby. It's like a, well, it was like almost like a if farewell. Anybody felt like they needed to win. It was Michael. Yes. And so it's like you're getting to have your way with no regard for. Me or even for Jr. Really, I know, exactly. My thing is, I think the child is too small to be having to be in a custody battle. Mm-hmm. Pull mm-hmm. home to home. Matter of fact, the baby at three to four or five months shouldn't even be leaving the house like that. Well, and I'm like, it, you it, and Ben work, yeah. And so what are y'all going to put her in the daycare? Yeah, and I then know. I hope ain't no single females working at the daycare. Exactly, <laughs> like know, what or is divorced going women. On? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it was just a very sad, it, it was sad little moment, you know? Mm-hmm. And then, like I said, she had to bring all the stuff over here with you. Mm-hmm. Y'all should have been stocked up and ready to go. Yeah. Well, he's like, well, we have blankets. Yep. And well, I felt like he said with attitude. Maybe he didn't. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. He, oh, no, no, no. Well, he didn't say with attitude, but she let his ass have it back in yeah, attitude. Well, well this was, is the one yeah. that she's been sleeping with since birth. That's the one Lindsay bought her. Remember, that's the one Lindsay bought mm-hmm. when she wasn't supposed to. And she yeah. hid it in that super obvious place. Stupid. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I I didn't love seeing that. And then even Jr. She was just crying. She's like, "Mama, don't leave me here." I know. Well, the way he was gripping her face, yeah. I was like, "Why you on that baby head like Kruger mm-hmm. or something?" It was scary. <laughs> I was like, "What is going on?" Yeah, I yeah, I didn't I didn't love that. Yeah, I'm just gonna keep going. Uh, the hard heroes party is lit, but Brian can't enjoy it because Michael didn't show up, and Justin is trying to lift his spirits and says that he may still come. But Brian's like, forget him. Of course, of course, Brian didn't mean that. Uh, the way that he's down in drinks and staring at the entrance <laughs> is enough to tell me that. Uh, now, Michael does have some stuff going on. I mean, yeah. the JR staying the night is her first night. Like, he has some that, legit stuff going going on. Yeah, I think it's the next day, but still, they have this thing with Hunter. And so, like, that he's got some stuff going on, but he could have told Brian that. Right. Because my thing is, I'm pretty. Melanie already knew when that baby was going to Michael's house, yeah, and she knew at least a day in advance. And I'm thinking it was probably more than that. So Michael knew. You could have told Brian, well, hey, I can't, I can't make it. I can't make it on this mm-hmm. night because this is going on or exactly. whatever." And I feel like you could have told him that. So now it just looks like you I came to your party yeah. and you didn't like how you didn't like my behavior. You didn't like how I acted, and so now you're punishing me by not coming to mind like mm-hmm. you, a little bit of communication could have gone a long way exactly. Brian maybe still would have been upset because he invested all of this into doing this for you but you could have but told him mm-hmm. it would have been, it would have been better in or he could have delayed it he could have put it off for a yeah. week or whatever. and the fact that you this man has a cell phone y'all yeah. all have phones why didn't you just call and say hey 
He can hear the baby cry in the back. I got yeah. Jimmy back. I was trying to put her down, and Ben was going to watch her. And you already know, if I wasn't here tonight, Melanie was never going to let her come over a- here again. Exactly. So. I mean, explain this shit, mm-hmm. but no. No one likes to talk. They only talk about the wrong <laughs> shit. Yeah. Now, true, Michael didn't ask Brian to plan this night for him, but you know that he did, and you told him you would come, so just extend the courtesy of letting him know why you can't mm-hmm. is what I feel like you should have done. At the end, we also see Melanie sitting by the window crying, and I do feel bad for her Sad. for having to be away from her daughter just because—for what? I mean, it's like you're punishing me because my marriage fell apart. I didn't do—well, you can say she didn't forgive or she was stubborn and mean. You cannot put a time limit you on really just can't. You really just cannot do that. And so you can—yeah, I guess some people will be of the opinion that this is her, part of this is her fault, but I'm just like, mm. The only part I'll say is her fault is that— you know the way that she was reacting. Yeah. yeah, like you know that you're suffering. This is something that's hurtful to you. You should have sought some, um, um, sought out some help. Or you should have like tried to find areas where you could compromise or right. not be so mean. But uh, yeah, I I really just did feel my initial reaction was just to feel bad for her, uh, mm-hmm. seeing her sitting there, and then we also have. Um, uh, ben and Michael are smiling down at Jr. in the crib that they finally put together. And just, no thanks. I, I can't really be happy yeah, about that. It doesn't make me feel good. And then also, Mm-mm. the crib don't even feel warm. She don't have no pillows. She don't have no stuffed animals. And they just staring down at her. She's like, her. what is happening here? And she don't even know y'all, really. Not like that. You know? I mean, to ju- uh, even if you come over there, if they were coming every day or every other day, you're just there for a couple hours. Yes, a couple hours. And, and now she's out of her environment that she's yeah. used to. And, ju- and for what? That, that, I keep coming back to, and for what? Like, we had to do all this for what, Michael? Yeah. Mm, but anyway, they're showing these three different situations all at the same time. And one common thread is that they are all kind of dealing with the effects of this new Michael. Right. Like Brian is, and Melanie is, and even Michael and Ben are. But um, I'm sure that there's an, a different common thread, but I just, I'm not in the mood to find right. it right no. now. <laughs> Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, but I also kind of wonder if it's just like intentionally out of sync. We see that they're all in very different places. Yeah, so that is this episode. I have a couple things I want to say before we close out. Oh, me too. I got one thing I want to say. Oh, good. Um, do you want to go first? So you I'll go first. It? I just want to. I just want to say, guys. Now, um, when I say that, uh, what we call them, Elanti. Elanti. When I say that Elanti is boring, I don't mean just because they're monogamous or things like that. They're boring because, I mean, it's either their way. Yeah, very pretentious. Their way or the highway. They have this this snooty, snobby um, attitude about them. It's just not my cup of tea. I mean, for each your own. I I love to see couples out there doing your thing. If monogamy is what you need, go for Mm -hmm. it, you know. And if you're successful, go for it. But don't be an asshole about it. And don't put somebody else down because what they're doing is not for you. Mm -hmm. Um, That's what I just want to say about them. So don't think that I'm coming to, oh, you think they're boring because they're this, this, Mm -mm. and this. No, it's the way that they're treating others. It's the way that they're carrying themselves. And also their conversation is just boring. Like Mm -hmm. I think, I feel like they put themselves in a box. They limit themselves. um, And they're not free. So, yeah. I just wanted to say that. Yeah, good clarification. But And I agree with you 100%. That's exactly where I'm coming from on it. Yeah. Um, so one thing I wanted to say, is since we've been covering Queers Folk, I realize that this is a show where the audience has to do some work in order to get the most out of it. Like, mm-hmm. it doesn't hand everything to you. You really have to read between the lines on some things. Like, not everything is blatantly obvious. And you really have to think about their motives and their intent, which means some things can be a little tricky to interpret. 
And that can be frustrating to some, but it's fascinating to me. I mean, that's what gives us something to talk about. Right, <laughs> think right. about, you know. And maybe some people think that that's not a smart decision by the writers or that's not fair. But again, I, I really enjoy that about the show, that you really have to, you can just take it on what's on screen. Like, well, I, this doesn't make sense or why are they right. like this? But you really, it really gives room, leaves room for you to think about True. why they're I mean, that's doing. the beauty of the show because you can take what's just on screen, mm-hmm. you know, and you don't have to do a deep dive. Even what they just give you just on screen, mm-hmm. it's wonderful. But then when you start really breaking down these conversations and the dynamics of these characters and getting to really know them, if you invest it from season one all the way to the end and see it through, you you will start seeing um, the nonverbal communications. Yeah. You will you will start seeing the subtext mm-hmm. of these conversations, and then that's what gives it its meat potatoes, and that's what makes this show. Um, so infectious and make you want to binge yeah. it, makes you want to watch That's it, and how you can watch it three, four, five times, you know? Yeah, uh, and have a two-hour conversation yeah, exactly. after it. I mean, and that's just because we're on the time limit. Yeah, it, it, true. <laughs> yeah. True, but I mean, like, this show really, really is, I mean, spectacular. It's phenomenal. So, I mean, if you do the work, like she was saying, I mean, you will get so much more from it. But if you haven't actually, you know, haven't paid attention to those smaller details, it's still a great a great yeah. show as yeah, well. Yeah, it'll entertain watch. you yeah, either way. Yeah, yeah. But when you break it down, that, I think that's why I always keep saying this is too real life, it's too real life, yeah. because I understand the subtext. I understand those nonverbal moments between Justin and, and Brian. Like mm-hmm. those, They don't have to speak to communicate. Right. Those things right there just makes, I mean, I do that in real life, so I can connect with that. Mm-hmm. It's more than just the surface of the of the episode. It's when you start breaking down those intimate little details mm-hmm. um, of the episode, It's that's what resonates with me. Yeah. That's what gets me like, damn, I can't wait to next week. Yeah. I don't know. I can't speak to everybody else. No, but perfect example is that scene with Brian and Justin in the bathroom. Like, that's a very cute and yes. sweet scene with them. I really feel like that scene is almost like a summary of, the, of their relationship and how they are with each other. Mm-hmm. They are playful with each other, but they do. Yeah, this is how they work through issues by whatever. I feel like that's a perfect example of their relationship. So on the surface of it, it's just a very sweet scene. But when you dig down into it, like we were doing, you see, okay, here's where Justin's revealing some insecurities in this. Mm-hmm. Here's where J- Brian is feeling, okay, maybe I'm responsible for some of those insecurities. And here's what I'm going to do to address them. And so you can take it just as you see it, mm-hmm. or you can dig into it. True. And yeah. Okay. So one other thing I wanted to say that's kind of unrelated. So over on Patreon, um, I posted a part of the script for 501 and some thoughts about reasons why Brian might have purchased Babylon. I was kind of saying I feel like part of why he purchased Babylon was in an effort to hold on to and preserve the things that it stands for, the things that he that have historically mattered the most to him, Um, not just youth and beauty and promiscuity, but what he thinks it means to be a gay man and how you should have the freedom to express that in the way that you want to, not Mm -hmm. in the way that straight society tells you to do it. Um, and then in the last episode, we see that Brian was taking a stand against the de-homoization of Liberty Avenue. <laughs> and that's also fueling his rejection of these expectations to conform. And Emmett's storyline kind of runs parallel to that, but we'll talk about that later. Anyway, with that in mind, and definitely after what we see in this episode, I want to share what one of our patrons said. And we love our patrons, and they're so smart. Thank you, guys. We love <laughs> it you. It's so wonderful. Uh, and so one of them says, one of you said in the last episode, it was you, Ken, said that Brian looked like a villain in that last scene yeah. when he, you know. Okay, back to the comment. I didn't put my finger on it before, but I think the show may have been playing with the common superhero trope of 
is this person really a hero or a villain? The whole thing gives me Professor X and Magneto vibes from X-Men. Yeah. And the longstanding debate about who was right about whether mutants should integrate into larger society or refuse to assimilate. Oh, I love that. I agree with everything that she said. Thank you, guys. I I agree. No, that, that was so dope. Great, great comparison. What do you think yeah. about it? Well, that's definitely what it is. And it makes sense to use a, a superhero reference. Yeah, but, it was perfect. Yeah, but that's what it is. Like, they are representing two different mm-hmm. camps. And they are, of course, to get us to make the point, they're using extreme versions True. of each side. So Eli and Mon- Elante is an extreme <laughs> of the we need to assimilate and mm-hmm. we need to look like straight society. Mm-hmm. We need to tone things down. And Brian is Magneto. Yeah, and Brian is like, no, we are different, so we should look different. Yeah, and there's and nothing we're wrong be with that. Yeah, being and so, and he is going extreme in his direction, and so that's really what it is. And so, mm-hmm. it's about the larger thing and the, you can say political sense or whatever, but it's also on a personal level. Right. Oh, that was dope. That yeah. was dope. Thank you so much for sharing that. Okay. Well, that is the episode. All right, guys. Well, that's the episode. Let us know what you guys think. Keep it interactive. You know how to hit us and reach us. And until next time, guys, we are out of here. Bye. Bye.